Before we get into the show like I usually do, I want to remind the folks out there to go to HankStrange.com. That is the best way to keep track um, of us, of what we're doing, different ways you can support us, and also to sign up for our email list because that way we can communicate with you guys. With everything going on nowadays, we don't own anything on these other platforms that we're on. So uh, go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list. Uh, we've got links on there for you to sign up with uh, U.S. Law Shield. Uh, there's also links for Blackout Coffee up there. All the good stuff is there. So go check that out. Big shout out to Franklin Omri for sponsoring the podcast tonight. Let me... Um, that's Lola coming in and out of the van right there. We are broadcasting from a van, Mark. All right, so let's see here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load my guests into this here, and I'm going to kick the start button on this. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, Lifestyles of the Locked and Locked. All right, make sure you guys smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell. Let's see, here we go. Here, I got a bell. There we go. The bell of freedom is ringing. <laughs> we are live. So, uh, Mark, I know this is your first time here on the show. We do this thing called Jazz Hands. We're taking it back from the tourists. <laughs> okay. So, so we do jazz hands. There you go. Yes, I hope you guys have your big girl panties on out there. This is episode 833 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. My guest is Mark Jones. He's the National Hunter Outreach Director of GOA. Mark, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Hank, and thank you very much for having me on tonight. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. It's just gonna it's gonna be me and you. Me Sounds and you good. Tonight. I this look is the first. To it. Yeah, we've never met before, right? Have we? I don't know. We have not met. No. Okay. How long have you been working with GOA? Is this a new thing? Pretty new. I've been with GOA about six months now. Uh, okay. I re I'm a retired fish and wildlife biologist uh, of all okay. things. So I spent a whole career. Okay. And I'm still a certified wildlife biologist, but. Uh, I'm very much pro-freedom, pro-liberty, mm -hmm. pro-Second Amendment, so I was very happy to land at GOA when I retired. All right, very cool. And so what, is that, uh, what does that title mean? I'm guessing you're here to reach out to the hunter dudes? Yes. The hunter so, dudes need to be specially reached out and touched? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good question, Hank. Um you know, my one of my titles is National Hunter Outreach Director, and mm -hmm. we are starting a hunter outreach program at GOA or at Gun Hunters of America. And, you know, our goal is to engage hunters in being more involved in Second Amendment issues. Our motto is that um, the Second Amendment's not about hunting, but hunters mm -hmm. should be about the Second Amendment. True, true. And, yeah, so, you know... If all the hunters in America were, were to organize and vote their values, I think we would see some differences and some changes in our situation as it relates to our freedom, as to relate it back to your, your podcast, your, 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 the name of your podcast. You know, I think mm -hmm. freedom is tied into a lot of these same issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a weird, because you would think, oh, well, I mean, that, that's obvious, right? It's obvious people who hunt hunters should support the second amendment you would think that and even on like so this happened to me i went hunting for the first time i don't know maybe two months ago or something like that uh the folks in brownells invited me out to to iowa and i and we did some pheasant hunting it was awesome i had a great time 
and I posted uh, some video and pictures and things like that of it. And there were gun guys who got mad at me, and they told me I was a fud because I was hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, "What? What? What's happening? How? You know, how are we putting each other in categories over this stuff?" Yeah, that's really sad, and that's that it that that happens more than it should. That's what a colleague of mine refers to as the circular firing squad, mm-hmm. where if you want to call us traditional Americans, we sometimes are fighting amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. casting aspersions on our natural allies and we ought to be you know we ought to be thinking about the things we have in common and i, I hate the term fud mm-hmm. um because because i think well it's it's just a it's an unnecessary term a lot of hunters are very strong second amendment advocates mm-hmm. um some are not and and you know and that's one of the goals of our program is to fight hunter apathy uh educate hunters help hunters become more active at the local state and national level, uh, dispel some of these myths about hunters. You know, I probably know hunters as good as anybody cause I worked a whole career as a professional biologist where we work with hunters for a living. I- I've seen hunters change. If you want to categorize them as a group, they've become much more pro second amendment, much, much less likely to, um, you know, let's say 30 years ago, some guy might have said, you know, all I need is a shotgun and a, I'm yeah. fine. Or a bolt yeah, who cares if they but take away those AR, AR 15s from people? Who who cares about that, right? We, we've they've had been things changing. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been changing. Hunters mm-hmm. are wising up, you know, and a lot of hunters are getting those AR 15s. They're hunting with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I wish people wouldn't use word like fun. I wish we could all find common ground among hardcore gun guys and hunters. Because we're going to have to. Our real enemy is the left and people that want to take away our freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're all on an island and we are a lot fighting with each other. Let me just do some shout outs. I see a bunch of folks out there. I do see BWE Firearms out there. He says, congrats on moving to Utreon. I hope it goes well for you. So shout out. Uh, to BWE out there, to Richard Hoffman. And there's a whole bunch of other folks. I don't know if anyone uh, specifically needs a shout-out, but I can see the chat. I'm using my iPad over here so I could see what you guys guys are saying and questions that you guys have. And if you guys have questions for, for Mark, we'll get to that also. So just put it in there, and either myself or Lola, we will pay, pay, pay. I attention to that i says oh well i'm, j- I'm just reading sorry I'm, I'm mixing up stuff because i'm reading what people are saying too many things going on too many things going on uh someone's complaining about the app so we had the ceo of utreon on last night and they said they're going to be improving the app so you know for all the folks who who um are complaining about that you know you switch away from youtube because youtube is terrible and uh tyrannical you know, Utreon's giving us a platform here. It's not going to work perfectly. So, um, you know, and if some folks out there can actually code, I don't know if I should have asked the Utreon guys yesterday if they're hiring. So we'll do that here. Um, let me see where I want to start. Usually Lola will ask ask me to get you to give us some background. So other than in that degree and stuff like that, what's your, what's your background here? Well, um, I was I was born and raised in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. As a, I spent a whole career as a state fish and wildlife biologist, 
Um, but I was always interested in politics and rights and freedom. And I got involved in politics on the side probably 15 years before I retired. Mm-hmm. And that, that was interesting stories there because I, I was involved in GOP politics and okay. the purple state. Almost got fired a few times just for being a conservative in a purple state. Uh oh. Working for trying to work for the government. Was this Florida? But I make it. What's that? <laughs> was it Florida? It was, uh, actually, North Carolina, I believe North it or not. Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is purple, too. Yeah. So how, I, I mean, how did that long, even happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I survived long enough to retire, Hank. And, mm-hmm. and I went to work for GOA. And, you know, I love, not to pander, but I love the title of your podcast, Who mm-hmm. Moved My Freedom? Because. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, uh, you know, if we'd been asleep for the last 10 or 20 years and we woke up and looked at 2021, a lot of us would be saying, what the heck happened? What Who happened? moved my freedom? It's a yeah. great title. And yeah, thank you. But Do you uh, know where that comes from? Do you know what that comes from? I probably should, but okay. I, I don't know where you got the idea. So have you ever heard of the, um, the book, Who Moved My Cheese? I have, yes. Yes, that's where it comes from. It's a very short book. Yeah, it's a short book. Um, I think that the the motto of the story there is that when you know it's about these mice that uh, they they go through a maze and they find the cheese in the same place in the maze every day. And one day they go there and the cheese is moved. And it talks about how these two mice react to that cheese being moved. You know, mm-hmm. do you just stay there and wait for the cheese and like wait? What's going on? <laughs> you know, right. or do you go look for it? You know, do you change how right. you you know what you're doing? So, um, exactly. I've always enjoyed that book, and um, a lot of people have recommended that to me over my life. And I read it actually at least once a year because it reminds me that when things change, you change, you adapt to those things. You know, um, and you don't just stand around waiting for someone to come along and and help you out. You know, or or solve things for you so uh well it's a very appropriate book and message for our current time in history yeah yeah and you're right you know i i mean i wonder how many people are waking up like you said you know in there's there's those of us like you know we've got different communities i think that cross circles in the gun world there's a lot of us that we are we've already seen this stuff going on for a while I'm just wondering how many people out there in America are waiting up and going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you know, I think it's more every day. You know, I live in Wyoming now and mm-hmm. I'm seeing it even here with local, mm-hmm. local people mm-hmm. who and I, I still have family in Virginia and North friends in North Carolina. I hear I hear it's going on there, too. And I hope it's enough people and hope it's not too late. You know, yeah. people are waking up, getting organized. I think what happened in the Virginia elections, you know, a couple of weeks ago is a good sign. Mm-hmm. And I hope people are waking up. Yeah. And you're you said you're in West Virginia, right? Wy- Wyoming. Oh, you're in Wyoming. I live in okay. Wyoming. Yes. Wyoming. Yeah. Born okay. and raised in Virginia, but I haven't lived okay. there for many years. Oh, yeah. you're in Wyoming. I'm in Wyoming. Yeah. Oh, how is that? How and, is it living out in Wyoming? How is that? I love it. It's great. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think the Northern Plains and the Northern Rockies are like America used to be in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little more resistant to the change, the bad changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we're not immune from it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So 
especially when it comes from the federal level. Yeah, um, Wyoming is that place that my friends are like, you know, everyone's planning on running to to some state if things get bad, you know, like, so I'm here in Florida right now. And then people are like, if things get bad in Florida, I'm going to Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. how you wound up over there? <laughs> is it, is, are all the At myths partly. true? <laughs> okay. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, I've been coming out. I was coming to Wyoming for over 30 years before I moved to Wyoming, mm-hmm. hunting, fishing. But, you know, I do feel like some of the states in the heartland are a little more resistant to some of the anti-freedom mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. legislation and policies right we're, we're right. not immune from it i don't want to give that idea at all because the federal government's tentacles are long and federal money is makes a lot of people do a lot of things that that we probably wish they didn't but mm-hmm. it's still it's a good place to be and you know i actually wear two hats in addition to being the national hunter outreach director I, i'm the director for legislative affairs for 10 western states so okay if we have time tonight, we can talk a little bit about some legislation. It would actually have right. national implications uh, if if we were to pass it here, and I mm-hmm. think people would be very interested in it. Okay, yeah. If folks out there want to get into that now, let us know. We've, uh, I definitely do have a few notes here. Usually, we don't plan everything of what we get into. Um, I have, I have driven through Wyoming. I believe I've spent a night or two in Wyoming, and and I think it's a beautiful place. Um, does Wyoming face what a lot of other states out there are facing with folks from the tech world, you know, like Silicon Valley showing up over there now and buying up mm-hmm. stuff and starting to vote in California, Caton, Wyoming? Yeah. Is that yeah. happening? That's happened in some places. Jackson, mm-hmm. Wyoming and the and Teton County, which is around Jackson, mm-hmm. has become a liberal enclave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a town of billionaires, not millionaires now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still the states over to, or the, the rest of the state still can overcome that. Unlike a place like Colorado, where the whole front range from Denver down through Fort Collins, you know, Fort Collins, Denver, Boulder, the whole front range has been taken over by the left or, mm-hmm. you know, so they're, they're kind of overwhelming the plains of the, you know, Colorado the yeah. plains areas in the West slope have mm-hmm. been kind of overwhelmed in Colorado. It hasn't happened in Wyoming yet, and we're, at, we're hoping it doesn't. Uh, but that's definitely a concern. And it's funny, a lot of times these people are, freeing, are fleeing anti-freedom high-tax places like okay. California. Okay. Why do yeah. they bring their, their policies <laughs> with them? Why do they bring their, their, their thought, you know, why do they bring that with them? They left it for a reason. And, and yeah. a lot of them are good folks. I have some good friends here in Wyoming that are from California, solid traditional Americans, they, they are, they were smart enough to know they left California for a reason and they don't want Wyoming to be like that. Yeah. It always, you know, it happens. So I'm a transplant from New York. So, you know, years ago, my family moved, uh, to America. New York was the place where a lot of people land, you know, especially we are, we hail from the Caribbean, uh, you know, originally, and a lot of mm-hmm. folks land in New York, right? And right. I grew up in New York and went through that whole thing. And it's it literally is like a rat race. I mean, that well, you know, I grew up there in the 80s and the 90s. Right. Um, and it was pretty terrible. And I couldn't wait to get, get out of there. I moved to New Jersey. I mean, yeah, I thought New Jersey was going to be better than New York. Um, 
in a few ways, but in most ways it was worse. <laughs> you know, so so uh, Lola and I, you know, we had kids. Our kids were born in Jersey, and we wound up moving to Florida. And the thing that drove me crazy, I originally lived in West Palm Beach in Florida, for anyone that knows that area. And all these people from New York came down there, too. I was trying to get away from New Yorkers and all the crazy traffic and all the laws and taxes and bills on everything, you know, everything, everything uh, costs a lot of money. And I remember one time I went to vote and I turned around and there was a girl I went to high school with right, standing right behind me in the voting line. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm moving from this place. So now we live in the country. We live, we're, we're outside of Gainesville, which is North, North Central Florida, but we live in mm -hmm. the country. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people from Gainesville don't even come out here. You know, <laughs> I live like in a one flashing yellow light town. <laughs> which is probably good, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I definitely wanted to get away from that. It was just weird how, you know, I guess most people do that. Not everyone, but a lot of people leave somewhere because it's so terrible. Then they go to other places and they want that place to be just as terrible because they're electing the same people, looking for the same laws and all that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but mm -hmm. I see a lot of people in Wyoming coming here that, that do understand it and they don't want it, mm -hmm. Wyoming to be like California. So mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that yeah. we humans are learning our lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me put this up here. I don't know. I see Lola in the chat talking to people about who moved my cheese. So I want to just share this. Let me see if I can. Um, so who moved my cheese is um, is by Spencer Johnson. Let me see if I can share my phone. Here we go. There's the book. Who moved my cheese? Spencer Johnson, MD. That's I think L Lola was saying that it's Robert Kiyosaki or something like that. Or maybe I'm misunderstanding the chat, but it's that book's not from Robert Kiyosaki. And I'm not I'm not knocking him either. I think Robert Kiyosaki used Rich Dad Poor Dad. For anyone out there who's into that, do you know when that book was published? Because uh, hold on, I almost see. think that I had to read that in at some point maybe yeah, in school. Let me see if I it can. It would have to be pretty old because I'm probably a little bit older than you. Yeah, it says originally. So this um, this is what I'm seeing here. Uh, originally published September eighth. 1998 98 okay well i would have been i was mm -hmm. that long out of school so it seems mm -hmm. like i know i know the book and i maybe it I've seems read like it, it's, it should be older than that i would have thought it would been older it does than seem that. like it should be older than that it's yeah, like is that correct okay yeah yeah it says 1998 here i'm looking at uh wikipedia but uh, i don't know if we yeah, can yeah. really believe yeah i don't know if we could believe everything in wikipedia but it's saying 1998 yeah so, hmm. well, that's interesting. Yeah, event, I, I thought it was older. I thought it was older also. I did, I did too. But yeah. anyway, you, you, you picked up a really appropriate name for our time in history with Who yeah. Moved My Freedom. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a, lot of, a lot of crazy stuff is happening to us here. So I'm trying to see, um, I'm trying to see if there's any questions on this. Uh, Lola says, yes, I'm right. Um, okay. Someone screen capture that for me. Lola is actually saying in the chat that I'm right. I need to frame that <laughs> and put it up somewhere. <laughs> yes, you better preserve that. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna ever get that ever again in life. Um, and then let me see. I know we had a couple of things here that we wanted to go to, so I don't know. Um, 
uh, I don't know where we want to start here. I know in the notes, I think we went over a little bit about the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment and hunters. I don't know if you wanted to elaborate on that before we move yeah, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we move on from hunting, you know, I, you, most of your listeners probably know what happened in Australia and Great Britain related to firearms. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hunters in particular were probably blindsided by that, caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um the the government essentially through time outlawed, regulated, confiscated, bought back, destroyed most of the sporting arms in those countries mm-hmm. to the point where now now to be a hunter in one of those countries you have to be very wealthy and jump through a lot of regulatory hoops to, mm-hmm. to, and so I hope that can be a lesson to uh, you know, America's hunters the ones that aren't engaged and that aren't maybe concerned about the second amendment uh that that just because you maybe you only like to hunt with a bolt action rifle or a double barrel shotgun you don't think those ar-15s matter you don't think those nine millimeter pistols matter you know someday that someday they may be coming after your favorite firearm so mm-hmm. um and, and we like i said we 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 got history to show us in other countries so i yeah. guess that would be my warning and my plea to the Amer- america's hunters uh, right. To organize, get involved, fight for your rights, even though, even you know, fight for your brother's right to use an AR-15, even though you may not care about an AR-15, because mm-hmm. you know, Second Amendment uh, is really under threat. It's under the gun, no pun intended, like never before. And if America's there's 15 million licensed hunters in America, according to the the federal government. There's another couple million that don't have to have licenses. So there's somewhere between, you know, 17, 18, 20 million hunters. If they, if they would band together and vote their, their values, we would, we would see some changes in our, in our government. Yeah. And it's weird, right? How some of these countries act and what happens in those countries after they take away or start taking away gun rights. Uh, oh, yeah. Or the right of the citizens to to uh, protect themselves, which you know, as we say in America, it's an inalienable right. Like it's something that you're born with. You know, right. you're supposed to have that right to defend yourself. And then it's just funny after that. Then the government starts saying, uh, you know, if you don't do this vaccine thing, we're not going to let you come out of your house. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, what's going on in Australia? It's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's weird, like right? Coincidental that. Oh yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the thing, I think, that um man, I hate to get on the uh conspiracy theory bandwagon, but you know, it's this whole one world thing that's going on, right? We're yeah. we're seeing that even with the UN. I mean the I'm not making it up. The UN wants gun control. <laughs> Well, of course they do. Uh, yeah. The EU, the European Union, wants gun control. It's not conspiracy yeah. theory. It's in their policy. You know, yeah. um, the the socialists have written down their their goals and objectives, so go mm-hmm. people can go read them for themselves. Mm-hmm. Gun, you know, gun confiscation is a major component of their their strategy. They've mm-hmm. told us that it's not yeah. conspiracy. Yeah, and you don't have to look far to see what to see what happens when. You know, when when governments do this to you, they know they're getting ready to tell you, hey, you don't have any choice. You, you, you're just going to do this thing that we're telling you um, or mm-hmm. surrender yourself <laughs> to uh, to whatever it is we want you to do. There was something in the news I wanted to pull up here. Let me see if I could um, 
if I could bring this up really quick here, um, I, ha I know I had it, um, I think I had it on one of my pages here. Um, I, there was something, I think, on the truth about guns. Hold on, let me see. I'm just going to go to the truth about guns and try to find it. Um, okay. There was an article there about in California where the LAPD is telling people, you know, to to be on the lookout for robbers, but when they rob you, just cooperate and uh, be a good witness. <laughs> I'm trying to I find... I saw that. Yeah, did you see it? Yeah, I think it was Truth I About Guns, it. right? Yes, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, let, me see if I could, let me see if I could find that specific article here. I think it was the Truth About Guns, but... Um, okay, now... Exactly when I try to find something is when my uh, my phone decides it doesn't want to act right. Let's see if I could pull this up here. Um, uh, where is it? Okay, I'm going to pull it up directly from my emails here. I had that article here, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely talking about this one. Uh, here. Oh. Okay, here we go. Found it. Truth about guns. Okay, let's share this up here. All right, here we go. LAPD tells citizens, we can't help you, so cooperate and comply with criminals and be a good witness. <laughs> Los Angeles residents are living through a nightmare scenario. The local district attorney announced he's releasing a 24-year-old convicted murderer after serving only six years of a 50-year sentence. Who wrote this? Uh, T-Tag contributor. Um, uh, police are at the same time telling everyone, including would-be criminals, that they're unable to quickly respond to calls for help and that crime victims should just cooperate and comply with the perpetrators. That's on top of the fact that California has some of the strictest gun control laws in the nation, all obstacles to law-abiding citizens wanting to buy a firearm for protection. The Los Angeles Police Department tweeted a warning that they're in the midst of a surging crime wave, including increased so-called follow-home burglaries. That's where a criminal watches their victim leave a store, follows them home, to, and robs them, then robs them. The paltry warning is frustrating for sure, but caving to defund the police activists last year, the L.A. City Council voted 12 to 22 to cut $150 million from this year's police budget. That's left law enforcement reduced and resulting uh, to public safety by press release. Yeah, there it goes. There's the press release from these people. Um, yeah. So where where is it? It's right here. It says, hold on, let me see if I can make this bigger so everyone can, can read this. Um, it says, if you are being robbed, do not resist the robbery suspects cooperate and comply with their demands be a good witness and then make sure here's what you need to do as you're dying in a pool of your own blood make sure you take your blood and draw a good sketch of who it is that's i mean this is this is ridiculous it is ridiculous Hank. and you know we're all born with certain inalienable rights, God-given rights. They're, they're enshrined in our Constitution and mm -hmm. the right to protect ourselves, protect our families. And it's just ridiculous to mm -hmm. see some of the policies coming out of these. Yeah. The, these, these, uh, yeah, be a I good sheep. 
Yeah. And, it, oh, I, I, you know, and, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, um, I, you know, I don't know what's happening in in America. To, I, I think that there's this weird thing happening with law enforcement. Not not law enforcement. Law enforcement everywhere doesn't think like this. By the way. So. Well, they certainly don't in Wyoming. Um, yeah. I wouldn't advise a criminal to to try that strategy here. Yeah. Um, because most citizens here are armed, and most law enforcement is very competent and traditional. So mm-hmm. that that stra- that LA strategy wouldn't be good for a criminal where I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. And that's a lot of places in America. I think everywhere in America should should have sheriffs, but I know there's um, there's certain places, and I'm not saying that about L.A. I think, L- is L.A. still sheriffs, or are they just like a separate police department in L.A.? You know, I don't know. They may have a police chief. Um, yeah. I'm a we big need, fan of elected yeah. sheriffs. They're yeah. responsive to the people. That's what we need, you know, and, and I think that it's like, what is the point of there being a police department if you're just going to tell the people to just cooperate with the criminals? And are you going to tell yeah. the criminals that? So if the criminals are trying to rob you, they're going to be like, listen, did you not read this press release mm-hmm. <laughs> where 5 said cooperate with us? <laughs> well, and this is a good example of why people are fleeing places like california i just read yeah. an article the other day that you know texas mm-hmm. is getting more californians than any state but i yeah. think they're going to a lot of places they're coming here they're going to montana idaho yeah uh, they're, they're going to a lot of they're leaving california because the ones that can get out of that crazy situation are going to leave yeah it's sad, and um, I know not everyone is doing that. There are a lot of there are a lot of people who have uh, who left California and went to Texas, and I've seen I've seen some of the some of the clips we see from Joe Rogan. He's talking about you know he's had some guys on who tell you know who warned him like hey Joe Rogan, don't uh, California or Texas or whatever it is, um, yeah. and I think you know the reason why I'm bringing up Joe Rogan those are people who tend to be more liberal. Even though when they say things that the media doesn't like, all of a sudden they become uh, white supremacists or something. Uh, <laughs> but well, those are liberal people who, are, who right? realize what we're talking about. You, mm-hmm. They call you a racist. Absolutely. It's the number one thing, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human nature, human nature. That's what we go to. You know, we have these exactly. push buttons and we're like, yeah. You know, it's funny. So. Um, and this is completely, this is not something maybe that, um, you knew that we were going to talk about, but I went to, I went to the barbershop. It's Wednesday. Every other Wednesday I get a haircut, you know, and I saw my barber and he asked me about Kyle Rittenhouse and, uh, where I go to is a black barbershop. My barber is a black guy. Um, he is a gun guy now, you know, um, when I met him, he asked me about guns and stuff like that because that's what I was doing, and I actually helped him out. I've had him out here on my range, all that kind of stuff. He has a CCW. He's a barber. He's a businessman. So he was asking me about Rittenhouse, and he was telling me all these ridiculous things. And I was like, "Have you actually? Did you actually look at any of this stuff that happened there?" And you know what? Like, so for example, I asked him if he realized that the police stood down, and that's what we're talking about here, right? In Kenosha, the police stood down. He said, no, that, no, I didn't, didn't I had that. no idea that actually happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this, this kid, the, the police stood down and, and this kid actually tried to turn himself into the police and they, 
They just ignored him because <laughs> right. they were ordered to stand down. And he was like, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I was telling him, do you realize that, 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 um, the people who were there were rioters, you know, they were actually like burning the place down, you know, destroying stuff that they threatened this, this kid that they had criminal records and stuff like that. And he was like, no. And I even, I even showed him a picture of the guy that got his arm blown out holding a gun, you know, close to Carl Rittenhouse's head, pointed at his head. And I was like, did, were you aware of this particular thing happening? And he was like, no, I had no idea that any of that happened. And I was like, so if you were in this situation, whether you should have been somewhere or not been somewhere, and you wind up in a confrontation with people, like what would you do if you were going through all these things and he's like you know i just never i just haven't thought about that that's not what i see reflected in the media of that whole situation yeah. and what you're talking about hank reflects the power of the mm-hmm. left-wing media mm-hmm. they obviously have an agenda mm-hmm. to tell one side of the story that promotes you know a left-leaning socialist agenda mm-hmm. and i can give you some other examples um, maybe without divulging too much information about some folks who were asked to write editorials um, by some left-leaning outlets in this country, and those left-leaning outlets limited the number of words they could use. Hmm. So, in, in other words, the the pro or the anti-Rittenhouse, the anti—it was actually more about AR-15s than, mm-hmm. than Rittenhouse in this particular situation. So the acts is it? Let me just get see if I could frame this properly here. They they were asking gun guys to 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 write editorials on that situation. You're saying, and it, uh-huh. it was more about AR-15s than Rittenhouse. Oh, okay. But, All right, so I see. Mm-hmm. The, the left-leaning outlet that wanted to destroy the AR-15 mm-hmm. was going to use. 800 words and they were only given the gun guy 370 words mm-hmm. and six hours to write the response. And, okay. and that's just one example. And at least they were honest about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give you a chance to respond, but you only get, you get less words than we do. And you've got six hours to write it or whatever the time was. It was, wow. it was okay. a little longer than six hours. Mm-hmm. That's just one example. I mean, all of us know how biased the media is. It, it's every day. It's in our face, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Rittenhouse case demonstrates that once again, mm-hmm. um, not, and not, you know, the way they have portrayed that case. And I'm not speaking to his really in favor or against. But just if you mm-hmm. watch the way they portrayed that case, it's been. They're, you know, they have not been fair to that kid. They've not given mm-hmm. him the same consideration they would have given other people who were supposed to be innocent till proven guilty. Yeah, they they certainly tried to condemn him and and the court of public opinion um, from the very beginning. Yeah. So I mean, I think you have to ask yourself. Oh well, actually, let me do this. Armament and Axes gave us some money, so thank money, you. money, money, money. Armament and Axes. I see that here in the chat. I can't because I'm using a separate iPad. I can't put it up here. But he says here's four dollars and twenty five cents more than YouTube lets you keep. Okay, thank you. I appreciate every penny, every penny, sir. Um, you know the the question a lot of people bring up. There's two things. They always say, okay, why was he there and why was he there with an AR-15? Now the why was he there question 
I kind of get it in 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 respect to I would not want to see my kids voluntarily go into a situation like that. Okay? And I probably wouldn't do it either. The answer though to that is like why why were the cops standing back? You know, or or I don't know if that's the answer. That's a question, right? That's, it's a, it's a, that's a, a bigger question to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is the bigger question. Like why were the cops standing back? You know, why was this kid there because the cops were standing back? Why were cops standing back in America and letting uh, businesses get burned down, destroyed? You know, why were they letting all this violence take place? What, you know, it, at this time in America, if you go back and you look at history here in America, I mean, this is all documented. There were people that were killed. Places were burned down. People were getting bussed in from other places around the country in order to... This wasn't protesters. Like, I'm, I, I, I believe in people's right to protest something. These were people who were rioting right? It's like, it was like the purge out there. Then the other thing that comes up is the AR-15 thing. Like, why did he need to go there with an AR-15? If, you know, you want the most effective tool for the job. If you're going to go into a situation like that, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're going to go there, I would recommend going with the best tool for the job, right? If you're going to, if you feel like you might be in a situation where you're fighting for your life against multiple people, this is the best tool for the job. It's what, it's what people in law enforcement use. It's what mm -hmm. I, it's what I would go for if something happened here at my house where all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think back to your, your main point there, the biggest, the bigger question is why did the local authorities order the police to stand down and not protect businesses and homes and people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the media was honest and fair, they would be exploring that question with the same vigor that mm -hmm. they're trying to explore Kyle Rittenhouse's guilt or innocence, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in some respects, he's a distraction or his prosecution is a distraction from the bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Why did they let people, why did they let rioters burn and pillage in yeah. America? Yeah. If those, if, the, if those rioters had the right to be there, right? Let's just, you know, if the rioters had the right to be there, if they had the right to be there and riot and destroy property and burn things down and attack people, then of course this kid had the right to also be there. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're either America or we're not America, right? So he had the Absolutely. right to be there to try to help, um, to, to help this neighborhood that he grew up in and help people. And I think, you know, from, from what we've seen from the coverage, um, he grew up there. I think his father lived there. And there were people in businesses there that were asking for people to come in and help them because the police were not helping them. Right. Right. Yeah. So, it's a really bad situation in America where yeah. when our authorities don't protect the people that they're paid to protect. And when our, our elected officials obviously told those officers to do that, yeah. they're the ones I really hold, hold, you know, that I think should be investigated. And someone, the attorney general of the state, should be asking why they weren't doing their job. Yeah. Those elected officials who told those policemen to stand down. Yeah. And another another narrative in regard to the AR-15 is like Dave Bautista, right? Um, I don't know if you know who that is, Dave Bautista, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, wrestler dude. You know, um, he said, he, you know, he said something to the effect of, if people are breaking into your home and you need an AR-15 to defend yourself, then you're a, like a weakling, you know, for lack of a better mm -hmm. words, right? You know, mm -hmm. that you're soft or something like that. Why do you need that? 
this narrative that people are having that we don't need that we don't need AR15s is the most ridiculous thing you know that I've ever heard of when when people see the things happening in America they don't go you know what I need I need to go out there and get some pepper spray <laughs> that's what I'm going to get yeah. yeah. If, there, if there's a riot or something like that that goes on, if people decide to like attack me, burn down my business, attack my car, you know what I need? Some, you know, I need a real loud one of those blowhorn things that makes a real loud noise. I, I want the best tool. If you're kicking in my door in the middle of the night and my family is in there, I am no, I, I want you I want to meet you with the maximum amount of force that I can meter out to you. Sure. And, and really you're right. And it doesn't matter whether we he thinks we need it or not. We have mm -hmm. a right to have it. Mm -hmm. You know, our Second Amendment rights are God given. They're enshrined in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And and we have a right to defend ourselves. And, and no one person has a right to tell us what type of weapon that should be done with. Yeah. Um, it, it, you could use the same argument. What he probably has a nice sports car that I don't. I drive a 23 year old truck that I don't that's leaking antifreeze. He's probably driving a sports car. Does he need a sports car? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's up to him. If he can afford it, he can have it. You know, yeah. he doesn't have a right to tell me what kind of weapon I can have. But the world he's trying to set up, you're right. You're making a good point. In the world that he's trying to set up, you could go, you know what? Yeah, you got too much. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah Give me some you money so I can upgrade my truck. Yeah. I'm going to take some of what you have because you have too much. And what choice does, what choice is he going to have? Right. He just needs to uh, comply. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. But and you know what's funny? People, <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say some of these people that don't understand freedom and liberty. They're I don't want to use the word. I don't want to. Well, they're so unintelligent, for lack of mm -hmm. a better word. Yeah. They 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 think what they they like should be imposed on somebody else. Mm -hmm. They never stop to think about if somebody else is in control, maybe they will impose something on them that they don't like. Yeah. You know, when you're in control, it's nice to impose your feelings on somebody else. But what about when you're not in control? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. then they get to turn it around on you. Yeah. I try to be I try to have a, a you know, a moral and ethical compass. And I, I want my rights and I want you to have your rights. Your mm -hmm. rights might be, you know, I want you to raise your kids the way you want to, Hank. Mm -hmm. uh, get the vaccine if you want to get it, Hank. We, but but don't tell me how to raise my kids. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. tell me what kind of. Gun but don't try I to have. force. Yeah, don't try to force me to do something that I don't want to do. You know, yeah, it's exactly. it's all well and good. Listen, you know he he's here. I think he's in Tampa. He's in Florida, and he's trying to build a mansion, and um, they won't even let him turn on his electricity. And he made a video on social media where he was crying about that. Because, really? yeah, the powers that be, you know, the politicians over there don't are giving him a tough time. He spent, I don't know, you think I think he said he spent like a quarter of a million dollars and he can't get the electricity turned on. Hmm. And, and it kind of funny the guy that doesn't think he should have AR-15s is building a multi-million dollar mansion in Tampa. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I guarantee you. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Sounds familiar? Well, I mean, it sounds like not 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 Tampa. I'm not no. I'm yeah. not related to, to uh -huh. uh, any Republicans. I'm just mm -hmm. saying he's building a multi-million dollar um, uh, a facility. You're probably going to have the armed security. Uh, it, it he's not like going to want. He's not. Listen, if anyone rolls up on him and his family in the middle of the night, he's not going to go. You know what? Listen, let's stop here for a second. Let's go fisticuffs. 
You know, yeah. I recently did a movie like this, so I think I, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you yeah. you have to realize like as big and as big and as badass as you think you are. Like I know guys who I don't think he's legitimately badass, right? You know, I'm not going to take away the fact that he's a big guy, he's got muscles, he's a movie star, but I understand enough about movies that someone writes a script. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, and if they write in that script that 10 ninjas attack you in the middle of the night and you tear them to pieces with your bare hands, okay, that's the script. That's not reality. No. You know? Yeah, four, four bad guys with armed with firearms come in his house to try to harm his family. Is he going to wrestle with them? Yeah. If they have cutlasses, he's not going to want to wrestle with them. No. No, you're right. Yeah. So... So it's just it's just crazy. It's crazy to try to impose that on other people. And you yourself in a situation like that, you're going to you're going to want the most effective tool that you can use. And and this is what it really boils down to here in America as uh, citizens of America, but citizens of the world. We all have the right to defend ourselves. Absolutely. You know? It gets back to that elitist mentality, not, you know, the, and a lot of the Hollywood elites and the, the Democrat elites have armed security. That's been well documented, and mm -hmm. but they want to disarm guys like me and you, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, that elitist yeah. mentality. I, I'm sick of it. I hope most Americans are getting sick of it. Yeah, we need the best tools. We don't know. We've seen so many things that can happen. There's, uh, um, you know, the, as beautiful as America is, and all the places in America are, things can go badly wrong for people. You know, you can be in your home and things could go badly wrong for you. You could be in your home in the middle of the most beautiful, most expensive, luxurious place in America with all the guards in the world and things go wrong. You know, you could be somewhere else that's not that's, that's on the opposite scale to that and things could go wrong. And when things go wrong, you're there by yourself. There's there's most of the time you don't have some police officer there just sitting around waiting for something to go wrong to you so they can rescue you right. and save you. That's just not how it works. I grew up in New York City. I think per capita, New York City is one of the places that has the highest per capita level of cops. And you know what's funny? Um, every time I got robbed, <laughs> they weren't there unless they were the ones robbing me, which is which it happened, oh, believe it or not. Wow. So, you know, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I listened to one of your shows couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, Hank, where you had a, mm -hmm. a young lady on Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. I forget her name. Okay. Um, and you were, you guys were talking about the Alec Baldwin shooting. Okay. Yeah. You remember mm -hmm. that? I'm trying to remember exactly who that was. I think the folks out there will remember better than me. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, anyway, but we were we were talking about. Um, oh, was it um was it American Gun Chick? Was it Brickell? Yes. That's okay. her. Brickell. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Brickell. Uh huh. <laughs> And one of the things that if somebody else has asked this question, then I apologize, but I haven't heard this asked. You know, why, why in Hollywood, which we know is anti-gun, uh, Alec Baldwin's anti-gun, mm -hmm. most of Hollywood's anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment. Why do they even have live rounds on the set? Why do they, they even make like, why do they make movies with guns? Well, yeah, well, that's a, that's that question's been asked a lot, but yeah, specific yeah. to that shooting incident, mm -hmm. why did they have live rounds on that set? They they hate guns. Yeah. So that's a good question. Obviously, obviously, there's a lot of hypocrisy going. Yeah, on. Yeah, they don't hate obviously, guns. Somebody <laughs> there carries a live gun with live ammo in it. 
Right. Yeah. They're, they're not, not all the guns are props. There's a lot of real guns on the sets. They're not supposed to have live ammo. But my understanding, without that whole thing, I mean, obviously we're going to see it when it all gets litigated. When you know, uh, when it all shows up in court, we're going to see that. But obviously, that they were shooting live ammo. So maybe yeah. in the breaks, lunch breaks and things like that, they were there shooting live ammo because, uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's an enjoyable, fun thing to do. And a lot of commentators have suggested maybe there was a lot of target shooting going on in the free time. Yeah. But it, Would I do I it on a movie it, set that's, you know, where you're pointing guns at the camera and there's a cameraman behind that camera? Would I be doing that? I just find no. it hypocritical, though, from the mm -hmm. same people who want to take away your Second Amendment rights and my Second mm -hmm. Amendment rights, that they were out there exercising their Second Amendment rights. So, so crazy. So crazy that, man. Like, well, the, the world elites, is upside down. <laughs> well, the elites are so hypocritical, you know. Mm -hmm. What's good for them is not good for the rest of us. Yeah. And they also, like you said, man, there's a lot of the guys out there in Hollywood that are always calling for the guns to be taken away from people that when they roll around, um, they have guys with them, with around them with guns, if, if they don't have guns themselves. Sure, absolutely. You armed know? security, almost all of them have armed security. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Dave Bautista living in Tampa, he's not going to be there just waiting with his fists for when someone kicks that door in. No. You know, and no. if he's not home, if he's off somewhere on the other side of the planet making a movie and his family is, is back there, he's going to want his family to be protected. He's going to want sure. his wife and kids to be protected. And I'm not going to hate him for that. That's no. exactly what we want. Absolutely. I support his right to protect his family, and I would hope he would support my right to protect mine. Absolutely. Amen. I hope so. Um, let's see. Night Train says the latest I heard on Bloviator Baldwin is that the script did not call for him to shoot in that particular scene. Um, and then also shout out to 2A-EDU that I see out there. Lots of good folks out there. Appreciate all you guys. I can see the chat is just like going, so that's awesome. I don't know if I missed any questions from anyone. If anyone has questions for Mark, we can get into that. Um, let me see. I'm going to go back here and look at... Um, uh, I know we had some we had some stuff that we were going over here, so I don't know if I uh, if I handled all of that. Uh, state state level Second Amendment preservation acts and how they can be used to protect Americans from federal overreach. We can go into that a little bit if you want to. Yeah, I would so, love to. Yeah. yeah. So, what's your thoughts on this? There's a lot of that going around. Um, not all of it <clears throat> has teeth. What do you think about this stuff? Well, I'm a big fan of a Second Amendment preservation act if it has teeth. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I told you earlier, my other hat besides the hunting hat is, is legislative affairs in 10 Western states. And we're going to be trying to pass some strong Second Amendment preservation acts in some of these Western states mm -hmm. next legislative cycle. Okay. And I um, would like to draw your viewers' attention to a couple issues. Missouri okay. probably has the nation's best uh, SAPA, Second Amendment Preservation Act or SAPA. Okay. And their law has some teeth in it, okay. and it, it, there, there's a provision for civil penalties for officers that violate it, uh, uh, on the constitutional rights of, you know, Missouri citizens. Um, 60 Minutes did a hit piece on Missouri SAPA mm -hmm. Sunday before last, and I, I don't know how many of your viewers saw that. It's probably no, I didn't available. see that. Yeah. Okay. I can Six. send it to you later, too, if you'd like okay. to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
couple interesting things about Missouri SAPA. You know it's a good bill because 60 Minutes did a hit piece on it, number one. And number two, they're being sued in court to try to have it invalidated. And so you know it's a good law. Um, it was They won the first round in federal court. It's probably going to go to the Missouri Supreme Court. Eventually, it may go to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's going to be if it, it potentially could be a, a huge case for the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri's got a. We've got to all band together and support Missouri. I hope Gun Owners of America will file a friend of the court brief. And if you know as this goes on, uh, okay. I'm certainly certainly lobbying for that. But it'll be a, it'll be kind of a test case and, and we need to protect Missouri's SAPA so other states can have similar strong SAPAs with teeth in them. Uh, mm-hmm. Some states that have them, they have no teeth. And, and I'm yeah. not disparaging any of those states. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do, do this thing incrementally. You get something on the books and then you try to strengthen it later. You know, if you go for the gold standard the first round, you won't get it passed. Yeah, especially so depending on the, the, the political makeup of the state. Exactly. Depending on the legislative mm-hmm. and makeup and the governor, you know, the governor's outlook on things, whether or not he or she will sign it and, you know, won't have to have veto overrides. There's a lot of strategy goes into this, and some states mm-hmm. have weaker ones. Yeah. But. I mean, to have a to have a Second Amendment Preservation Act, and then, and then people, you know, are still getting red flagged and losing their guns and you know all this kind of stuff is still happening and there's no teeth there there's no punishment for the folks who are doing it it's tough it's tough to deal with that but ultimately we've got to push for these things right and we we have to figure out who's supporting it and support those guys and 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 vote for this stuff and keep just pushing it and saying hey this is what we want including here in florida we don't have anything like that here so far as i know i mean we have it in some counties but that's it and to explain to your viewers what it means, because some may not really understand it, because a lot of people say to me, you know, the Second Amendment speaks for itself. Why do you need another state law? Mm-hmm. And, and I agree philosophically, you know, we shouldn't need another state law. But what happens is the federal government under an administration like we have now sometimes ignores uh, the Constitution, the Second Amendment. And what, no. what a state- Really? No, surprise. <laughs> aren't you? This is my surprise for you tonight, Hank. Sometimes they don't, they don't believe in our rights. Right. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, they, yeah, they, do, they totally do. Uh huh. Yeah. What a SAPA does, this is important, is it makes it illegal for state or local officials. That's not just law enforcement, that's officials, including DAs. Makes it illegal for state or local officials to enforce unconstitutional federal gun control that's contrary to state law. So that has been very powerful in Missouri. It's already had an impact on the way some more left-leaning law enforcement officials or elected officials have interacted with the federal government in Missouri. That's why it's being challenged in court. That's why the um, 60 Minutes did a hit piece on it. And they got the Kansas City mayor to come out against it you know, left-leaning mayor. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I think in the piece, that it was hindering state cooperation with the feds on gun crime. And he was partly right, okay? Mm-hmm. SAPAs very clearly allow the enforcement of violent crimes and crimes that we all recognize, you know, now. That can be enforced. What can't be enforced is unconstitutional things like confiscation and 
things that violate people's rights like red flags. So it, he was partly right. It has hindered some um, cooperation with the feds, but it, that's what it's intended to do. It's intended to protect people from mm-hmm. unconstitutional federal action. Yeah, well, the feds being very selective in what they want to enforce, right? I mean, that's yes. just the reality of what's yes. happening here. You know, yes, as, as as the pendulum swings in America from side to side, the federal government doesn't enforce the laws evenly. <laughs> that's yeah, just the way it goes. Argue, I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. I mean, I was looking. Um, so this very cool thing happened, right? Like, I don't get to see Joe Rogan anymore because he switched over to uh, whatever uh, Spotify. But he was actually on with Tim Pool, and then they had Alex Jones, and they had all the, you know, they had a bunch of guys on there uh, last night, and they were live. And I was looking at them talk, and they were talking about the whole COVID thing. And and uh, I know Tim Pool was saying like, why are we even arguing about whether you should get a vaccination, whether you shouldn't get it, what's the science, and all that kind of stuff? When obviously in America we're seeing a bunch of people come across the border illegally and no one cares whether or not they got a covid vaccine so why should it you know why should it matter if um you know if we like why are we even arguing about it and that's one of the things that's because the the federal government is selectively deciding what they're going to go after yeah you We've know lost so many of our rights and freedoms because of what you just said that's mm-hmm. we're so far from where we were intended to be as a country with the rule of law and checks and balances and three co-equal branches, the executive has got so it's taken so much more authority than our founders intended them to have. And the fact that they can pick and choose what laws to enforce is it's, it's, it's really appalling. Yeah. It's on a federal level. It's on a state level, depending on the state. So I know technically in Florida, you know, um, uh, the cities and counties and all that can't make up their own laws. We're still seeing pl- places trying to do that in Florida. But this mm-hmm. is another thing that we're facing, right? If this part of a, of a state is run by very liberal people, they decide what they want to go after. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever's running yeah. the politics there, whoever's running, you know, the attorney generals or whatever it is, they decide what they want to go after. And that's why these things are um, important because... You know, if you don't have something that you can go, hey, you can't, you're not supposed to just go after me on this. If I didn't commit a crime, if I'm not a a violent felon, why are you going after me? You know, you have to be able to take those people to court and make them pay and and suffer for for what it takes. I mean, when you're looking at red flags, you're talking about someone says, hey, I don't like that guy. He looked at me. He looked at me wrong. He's a gun guy. Go take his guns away from him. Okay, the the the, um, the state, whoever it is paying for the cops to come take your all your stuff, they take your stuff and you've got to figure out how to get a lawyer. There's no lawyers to go. You know what? We're going to be we're going to we're going to work for you for free. <laughs> you know, and when you win this and get money back, then, you know, we'll we'll take a little bit of that. No, you've got to find the money to pay those guys. Sad state of affairs. Yeah, it's really not 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 the way our country was designed. And when a rule of law breaks down like that, we're in trouble, you know? Yeah. So um, is there is there a database somewhere? Because like, I know that on the other side, they're using databases, right, when they create all these laws. That's why we're not seeing things get grandfathered in and all that kind of stuff anymore. On our side, is there some kind of database that people could pull from to make sure when this legislation is going up that it has teeth? 
Um, is there any kind of organization uh, like that? I don't think there is because okay. every state legislature is different. They have different times they meet. Mm-hmm. Um, there, that's probably would be a great project for someone to. Maybe I'll suggest that Gun mm-hmm. Owners of America tackles that. Mm-hmm. We probably the best we could do is probably catalog existing laws and t- tell folks what the inform- what's in them and how, mm-hmm. m- how much teeth they have. But trying to track the new ones being introduced would be very hard because like the Wyoming legislature will come into session in February and they will have a short session this year. And the legislature in another state may not come into session till April and they might be in session for six months and they not might not pass it or even consider it till next October. So mm. what I would tell people be involved at the local and state level in your own state and Find out what your legislature's doing. If you're in a red state with a Republican legislature and preferably a Republican governor who might sign it, you know, start getting organized and try to push a SAPA, Second Amendment Preservation Act. Um, I think in 2022, and that's this political climate, it's a winning political issue. Not that we should do it for that reason. We should do it because it's the right thing to do. But from a strategic standpoint, that's a winning issue in 2022 in America. In okay. a lot of reds, you know. So how would they go about that? How exactly, you know, is is there some place that they can go to and say, you know, how do exactly do we do that? Well, they can join organizations like ours and reach out to, to our staff. We have staff in many states, not all states, okay. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're interested in this type of legislation in my region, I have 10 Western states you know, I'm glad to give out my email address. They can email me. Okay. Um, you know, but at the most basic level, you know, folks, and I'm encouraging people to do this here in my home in Wyoming and all over friends in other states, everywhere, organize at the local level with like-minded people and begin to get to know your legislators and contact them and work with them and try to, you know, a lot of this stuff can be locally driven, believe it or not. I mean, it sounds like a monumental task, but if people get organized, a small group can make a big impact. And if you find Mm -hmm. the the right legislator with the right mindset who might introduce a bill, you can, it's it's remarkable what can be done. You know, I Mm -hmm. give you an example, Hank. Mm -hmm. Montana's law, which is not as good as Missouri's, but it was an incremental step. You know, they do have a Second Amendment Preservation Act. It was probably passed because of one group, the Montana Montana Shooting Sports Alliance, I think they're called. Got to give them credit. You know, mm-hmm. small group, state level group. They they had their act together. They worked with their legislators. They're made up of grassroots guys like me that live in Montana. I mean, mm-hmm. I live in Wyoming, but guys just like me. Yeah. They're talking and, to people who have to pay attention. Otherwise, they don't get voted for. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. they got that passed in Montana. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try to get it passed. Gun Owners of America has made it a, mm-hmm. one of our goals to get it passed in Wyoming. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that if it passes here, that some of the other states where I have legislative responsibility, like North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma may may be good targets for something like that. Okay. What's the 10? So I know you mentioned a couple there, but what's the 10 states that's kind of under your so, umbrella? I have uh, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Utah, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma. So Hmm. 
Okay. Ten, ten in, in the Great Plains and Northern Rockies. Most of them. That's are a lot high. of real estate, man. Yeah, and I've got some help. I've got a Colorado director that works under me. Uh, mm-hmm. Colorado is, of course, the most purple state of those ten I just named. Mm-hmm. It's 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 quickly becoming like California, sadly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there were some bad yeah. gun laws passed there in the last session, and we're expecting some bad ones to be introduced in the next session. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're kind of playing defense in Colorado. But in some of these other states like Wyoming and the, the Plains states, we can be we can play offense. We can try to pass mm-hmm. pro-gun legislation. Yeah, you can lock you can lock in those states um, now before, you know, they get further infected. Um, we have a couple of things I want to do here. Armament and Axis says. What is this? Um, he says, is that a jackalope I see? So I think he's talking about behind you. Armin That's a proghorn antelope. Proghorn. Oh, proghorn antelope, yeah. So he says <laughs> that. He says he sees that. Is that a jackalope behind that? There's something uh, that's further. That's a white-tailed deer. It there you go. So there you go. It is a jack. Just say it's a jackalope. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. A, a white-tailed deer and a sharp-tailed grouse over there. It may look weird in the lighting He's he's got. Oh, okay. Um, oh, the grouse I don't see at all either. The grouse, let's see, let me move. The grouse would be on the red wall there. Oh, okay. The deer. Okay, is that is it on a tree or something like that? Yeah, it's too far away yeah, from me to be able to aspen, see. piece of aspen. Okay. And oh, cool. Maybe he sees the skull, the white-tailed skull with antlers over the hearth there. That that yeah. That's a white-tailed skull. Yeah. Like I mean, you've, you, mountain, you've right? got to engineer a jackalope, right? You can't just... <laughs> Right. Yeah, they're yeah. not real. It's the, the the rear end of a deer with some horn with some antlers on it. So yeah, I've only seen those in cartoons. Well, you know what? I could swear I drove through some place and they were selling like uh, jackalopes. You find them in a lot of bars in the west. Right. Uh, of course, in the west, you eat in bars a lot in small towns. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It's it's a little different than maybe back east. Bars are more family oriented and. Right. I've seen families go in a bar after church and eat, but yeah, you see jackalopes in a lot of these Western bars. Okay. Very cool. Tourists come through and they're like, what in the world is that? Thing? Legends. <laughs> Legends. <laughs> uh, anything to, you know, anything to make a buck, man, you know? Yeah. That's right. It's America. You know? Yeah. Improve the economy. Um, 2AEDU, uh, he says uh, lots of people in here. This is encouraging. Yeah. It's good to see that there's folks showing up over here on, on Utreon. Uh, that's cool. Um, that's great yeah i don't know if are you using any social media where would people there were some people saying you look familiar in the beginning what social media are you on for the folks who want to find you well on twitter and instagram i'm uh, mark jones goa okay hold on so let me see i'm gonna go to my twitter right now where is my twitter oh yeah that'd be great um Uh, fairly new to twitter and instagram for those you know that are Mm -hmm. I'm a newbie. Let me see if I so can search uh, Mark Jones. I'll search for you uh, on Mark Twitter. Mark Jones G O A on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, uh, Mark Jones G O A, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm assuming it's this one. That's me. That's that's Bam. the Big Horn Mountains in the background there. Okay, cool. I'm gonna follow you. Thank you. There you go. Um, and then what was the other thing you're saying? Instagram? Yes, yeah, so on Instagram, it's also Mark Jones GOA. Okay, hold on. Let me go to the Instagrams here. Uh, I got to hide my Instagram. Uh, yeah, let me see. I'll see. I, I'll, show, I'll show my Instagram. I don't know what's going to show up in there. So don't judge me based on what <laughs> shows up. <laughs> 
in my Instagram, Mark Jones GOA. Let's see right here. There you go. Boom. That's me. Same wow. thing. Following it over there also. Thank there you. There you go. Awesome. Yes. And I encourage the folks out there to also do that. Um, oh, great. Thank you, Hank. Follow Mark Jones on, uh, follow all, all the different folks from GOA. Lots of good GOA folks out there. Um, yeah. You know, and everyone's and, up on the Instagrams. Yeah. And I, I just put out a post this week about that Kansas City mayor and 60 minute hit piece. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I try to, I'm, I'm fairly new to national social media like Instagram and Twitter, but I'm, I'm going to try to put out unique content about hunting related stuff and second amendment related stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, things like the second amendment preservation act and maybe, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit different things that people maybe aren't thinking about and things we can do to advance mm -hmm. and protect our rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was there any other social media that we should take a look at here? Was it just Instagram? Uh, we're going to be building platforms in the very near future, specifically for hunting at okay. GOA. Okay. So we, we will hopefully have a hunter outreach uh, okay. Facebook, mm -hmm. specifically, you know, for hunter outreach through GOA. Mm -hmm. Folks can go, you know, follow GOA. Of course, we have a Facebook outlet, and I, 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 um, there's a possibility this will get shared there. I can't promise you that because yeah. I don't control that. Absolutely, but, we know there's there's quite a few people. Yeah, you know, a lot of people doing, are in charge of different for, things. <laughs> for attend, you know, a lot of people are buying for using our our outlets. But I would mm -hmm. like to post this there. But you know, so folks can go to GLA's just generic Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Sometimes get content from me. Mm -hmm. uh, from there and, and look for our hunting specific outlets we're going to try to build those um especially facebook we would love to have a just a a goa hunting outreach program facebook page you know mm -hmm. probably second amendment hunters or something like that's what we'll call it because that's kind of what we've called our hunter outreach program mm -hmm. and uh so i wish i had, we had that up and running but yeah. We'll have By the time you get it up and running, we'll all be kicked off of uh, Facebook, and uh, all the you'll get it up there just in time for us all to be deleted, man. You know, we'll have to go on something. another. It's a shame what's happening there, as I like yeah. to say. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you're looking at any of the alternatives that are out there. Utreon obviously is one. Um, if you're looking for video stuff, Utreon is a is an alternative. Um, and I'll I'll just share. Let me see. Like I'm just gonna share my uh, my uh, thing here. I've got Facebook. I still have Facebook. I've got like a personal and a business Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Believe it or not, I don't know if you're on LinkedIn. I do Twitter. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Okay, I do Tumblr. Believe it or not, and um, I'm doing locals because of two A E D U. So for anyone who is um, on Locals, you can find me. I'm on Locals, Hank Strange. See, I shared this, that we're doing uh, this particular thing on there. So um, okay. I'm also on MeWe. That's this particular app here. And, and I, I, I do that because they let me put up links. And I also do Minds. So Minds, I think, is a good one. And I'm seeing lots of people coming on board on Minds and uh, following Minds as well. Um, so just, you know, just as some examples out there of different social media that people could try and, yeah. and get up on. Well, Hank, um, I, if you ever, if, I might remind you, but if you ever mm -hmm. think about it, email me your recommendations. Cause I'm still learning about mm -hmm. <laughs> widespread social media. Right. And, and I'd like to know your thoughts on the more 
fair ones, conservative ones, and and that kind of thing. I, I we're, we're going to explore expanding all of our GOA hunter information, and we want to do it through okay. the right outlets. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's te- I know for a lot of folks out there, like, man, how many of these social media things do I have to have? And I get it for 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 this, the folks out there that just want to be able to communicate with people of a like mind, that that gets kind of crazy. From my point of view, being a content creator, I use as much social media as I can. The way that I do it is I make a note of whatever I want to post. So if I have an idea of something that I want to post, uh, let's say it's like a meme and I create like a, a picture or something for it, I'll just share something along that vein with you guys right now. So I made this meme thing here that I posted <laughs> uh, recently. <laughs> I like it. You know, um, so this is from the this is the prosecutor in the whole Rittenhouse thing where he's like muzzling everyone in the finger yeah. on the trigger, pointing it at the jury, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I found this thing where uh, <laughs> with um, with Alec Baldwin saying, "I taught him that." So basically, I'll do that. So I'll have that picture, and then whatever I want to write, I make a note of it, and I write it down in the, you know whatever my comments are. I do that, whatever links and all that, and then I just copy and paste it to all the different. Um, to all the different things. And I think the reason for that is people are getting banned over on Facebook or they're being shadow banned. Same thing with Instagram, with this thing, with that thing. I know there's people who don't like Twitter. People do like Twitter. You know, um, until we get our own platforms, you know, so therefore we have our own ecosystem of social media platforms that we can rely on. I, you know, I think I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay with these things. And then whenever those things show up, I'm going to try to participate in them. But even if we have our own stuff, I would still want to have a presence on the mainstream things. Because right. even if they limit what I could post, at least I could go on there and say, hey guys, if you want to to get the real stuff, go over here. That's what I did with YouTube today. So I went to YouTube and I did a live video and I said, hey, we're not going to be live on YouTube. We're going to be on on Utreon. That's where you're going to find us. So mm-hmm. you don't want to ever get rid of this stuff because we want to discover. There's always folks um, out there who are discovering um, guns. And I think guns are a gateway drug to freedom. Yeah, a good, good quote. Yeah. And we want to be available for those people to answer questions, even though some of them are going to seem. I, I know you get probably some crazy some crazy yeah. questions from people out there, you know? No, that's a great point. I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought of it like that. We need to stay, we need to be involved in all of them because mm-hmm. we never know when we're going to reach someone either that agrees with us or might might be swayed. Mm-hmm. We might learn something from them. You never know. So Yeah, they just want to know. Right. They just want to know. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, it's happened to me so much in the last year with, with everything that was happening, people getting scared. There were people that were reaching out to me and asking me stuff, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to get into guns for the first time and all that. And, uh, I'm, I'm personally, I'm happy, even though it takes time to talk to people, I'm happy to be there to impart, uh, I don't want to say wisdom (laughs) because anyone that knows me is not necessarily going to categorize that as wisdom, but at least I could have a conversation with people and, you know, try to help them out. Like, Hey, why do you want to do this? The, the right. number one thing is to make sure that you're doing this for the right reason when you get into right. it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, what is this? Uh, Jen Champ Jr. says, BBs were the gateway for me. 
BBs. Yeah, me too. I, my first gun was a BB gun, so I can relate to that. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. That was for my kids, you know. So yeah. I. So when Lola and I got into guns, we were worried about the kids, and I happened to have seen. Is it? I think it's Christmas Story where he wants the B, the Red Rider BB gun. Ralphie, yeah. Yeah, Ralphie. And I actually got my boys Red Ryder BB guns. And they immediately proceeded to try to shoot each other's eye, eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah, you you got to worry about that. Yes. So, but you know, we we went through the whole thing. Like I I got them the I got them the BB guns, sat down and talked to them and said, "Hey, this stuff is dangerous. These are BBs, you know, it can hurt you, can do all this kind of stuff." And, um, and then if they did any, you know, we, we told them to be careful where you point these things, all that kind of stuff. And, um, they listened and then they still went outside and then started shooting at each other and someone would come in crying, you know, then we put people on punishment and go through the whole thing. And then they, then we would take it away from them and they wouldn't have it. And then later on, when you know, when we thought they maybe learned their lesson, we'll let them do it again. And then someone will go shoot the back with the, the door, the window out of the back door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we can. Oh, Lola's actually bringing. Oh, I forgot. You know what? I forgot that we could actually show stuff. So Lola is, and this this seems loaded. This one's loaded. I could tell because I can hear the BBs. This came from one of the kids' rooms, right? Yeah. So check it out. Yeah, These. They keep it by their nightstand. Yeah, they keep it in their nightstand. So if they're looking at this, look at that. Red Very Rider. Nice. My son has one of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool right there. That's Lola slamming the door. So, yeah. So, you know, they shot out the windows. <laughs> and then they they got on punishment. Some uh, some spankings were given out. All that kind of stuff. And eventually, I think they started to learn. And then we, we kind of moved them up from that. We, they're, um, you know, the NRA has some rifle courses for kids and all that. You know, we just went through the whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I thought like, that's a, that's a good way to go for kids. Like now when I look at my kids with guns, all of that suffering that we went through with them, I think was worth it, you know, um, based on how they're handling stuff right now. Well, a BB gun is a good training tool and a lot yeah. of us learned that way. That was, that was the way I learned. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, graduated to a 410 shotgun, you know, uh, from BB guns. That was your, that was your next step up. My next step, oh, actually, I, this my main, and every child is different, and I'm not mm -hmm. recommending what age a child is ready, but I remember I was nine. My mm -hmm. dad got me a 14. I was very responsible, and uh, mm -hmm. he, he had really trained me well and been very, very, very safety-oriented and made sure I was ready, but I got a 410 shotgun when I was nine for Christmas. Mm -hmm. No, cool. And uh, Yeah, 410 so cool. I kept it in the closet, and I had mm -hmm. to keep the ammo separate. And when my friends came, I wasn't allowed to get it out. And, um, you know, it, I, yeah. I knew the, what its role was mm -hmm. and when it could be brought out and when it couldn't. And, and I, then it was from there to a bigger gun and eventually a high-powered rifle. And so, so let me uh, – but... Yeah, so uh, M. Maven says, 50 years later, I still don't trust my brother with a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents were pretty strict. If, if, a, if a BB gun even got pointed in somebody's direction, you were oh, losing yeah. it. Wow. You know? Yeah. So, um, see, see, like, yeah, you know, my brothers and I didn't, we didn't fully grow up in America, and then even when we came to America, we were in New York City. So, like, our gun stuff was completely different. I would say that mostly they didn't even have access to guns. 
I kind of did because, you know, uh, where we were living is a bad place and I had friends that were doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. So I had probably the, you know, what you would categorize as the wrong access to guns, but not like BB guns and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> you came into it kind of the wrong way, I would, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm assuming handguns, maybe illegal handguns even in yeah. New York. Yeah, exactly. So um, the thing that the thing that uh, but there is a BB gun story that I have with with one of my brothers. So, you know, um, my 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 older brother had he had this apartment and there was a uh, mouse issue in this apartment. Typical for New York City apartments. Some people out there might think that's crazy. So, you know, we, we have this thing where we don't like creatures like that running around. So my brother got a BB gun and he was hunting for the mice, okay? And he actually wound up shooting himself with the BB gun. <laughs> you know, there was like, he saw a mouse somewhere and he was shooting at that mouse and accidentally wound up shooting himself. I think, like, I, f I forgot exactly what happened. Like, maybe the BB gun wasn't working right or something and it wound up going off. You know, obviously it was, wasn't as bad as it could be, but even BBs... Even BB guns are dangerous and could do a lot sure. of damage to you. Especially you know? if they hit you in the face. So Yeah, yeah. So he's probably not gonna like me telling that particular story. <laughs> um I can I can guarantee you that. But you know, this is how you learn. You there's worse ways you can learn. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's better to shoot yourself with a BB gun than a Yeah. Than but a be arm, be so. safe. Be safe. You know, go through the steps, let your kid like that's what we wanted to do. We wanted our kids to go through the steps and we wanted to observe them and we wanted to make sure that they would be safe with guns. And, um, you know, I think ultimately it was worth it. So hopefully yeah. when the time comes with with my grandkids, my kids do that same thing. And then it becomes a tradition like it, you know, like it was for you. You know, Hank, something your listeners might think about almost every state fish and wildlife agency offers a free mm -hmm. hunter safety course. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a great, a great way. Not that a parent can't teach a child themselves because mm -hmm. we all try that, but uh, even my own children, I'll probably put them through that just so they get some formalized education from mm -hmm. somebody from other else, people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's free. So that's something folks should think about with their kids. Put them through those safety courses, even if they don't intend to hunt. Yeah. Um, they'll learn so much about proper firearm safety. And you know how sometimes with your kids, you know, uh, somebody else that's an adult might be like mm -hmm. looked at as an expert. Like, oh, mm -hmm. OK, I'm going to go to this class and this guy's yeah. going to teach me something. Maybe they'll listen. And, yeah. It's almost and like you with your wife. To beat you know? it into their head at home. Yeah. It's like with your wife. Never try to teach your wife how to drive. Leave this to a professional. <laughs> this is my <laughs> advice, okay? I don't know what kind of relationships people have with their wives, but if I try to teach my wife anything, it usually devolves into a fight. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, am, I guess I am not allowed to try to tell her anything. So, and, and you know, apparently I get really, um, you know, I put, I put on too much pressure or something like that, or I take it too seriously so i think the best thing to do is to you know leave those kinds of things to someone else where it's more uh of an easy thing like i think as a husband for example if i'm trying to show lola something about guns i take that i don't know i get ramped up because i'm thinking what we were talking about earlier this is my wife i want her to be able to 
protect herself, protect the, you know, the family, the home. If there's a lot of pressure, then I try to put that pressure on, you know, and the whole time she's going to be just shut down to that Mm -hmm. best leave it to someone else. You know, if she feels comfortable with a, with a female instructor, you know, uh, another male instructor, whatever it is, just let it happen. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. it's better than, you know, being shut down and not paying attention to what's going on. So, yeah. Um, you know, and getting turned off by it. Okay, so I have more guns to show. I don't know if you have anything. You know, no pressure. I got a couple here that because Lola had messaged and said, "Yeah, you might, you might ask." So yeah, we got to take not- advantage of this whole thing that Utreon's letting us show guns. So, uh, you know, I've got a Henry here. This is the Henry Mare's leg, right here, and I'm trying to remember exactly. I can't remember. I think this is like, is this the 44 Magnum? No, this is no, this is the 410. What? Check that out. Oh, boy. 410. This is, I think, called the axe. It's not actually the mare's leg. This is Uh called, this is the uh, the axe from Henry. And it's, you know, Henry makes beautiful, I don't know if you like Henry guns or not, but I think they're awesome, man. I think they're beautiful, yeah. Yeah, they make beautiful guns, so... The Henry 410 I'm, X. So I got it right there. I'm going to assume that's a self-defense, home self-defense weapon right there. That this short. 410? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cool. With you the know, right uh, ammo at close range, that'd be a really good gun in, yeah. for self-defense. What do you, so, so tell me about 410, right? You've been doing it for a long time. What do you use 410 for? Like, what is you it? You know, where what, I grew mm-hmm. I grew up in a rural area in the south, and it was a kid's usually started with them and they were squirrel hunting guns. Okay. Um, and, but I'm not really joking about that gun there being good for self-defense at close range in the house with the right ammo. Um, and what, what, what would be defensive with 410? Are there 410? There's not 410 slugs, are there? No, but you could get some, um, the highest powered 410 shells you could find, you know, mm-hmm. and at close range, it'd be a pretty lethal round. Mm-hmm. One thing about shotguns too, and, and there's other people know more about self-defense than me, but mm-hmm. you know, shotgun sh- pellets generally don't go through drywall. So if you're in your home, somebody breaks in the front door, they're, they're not a bad choice because you don't have to worry about ricochet mm-hmm. or the pellets going oh yeah trust me the, i've got some yeah i've got some shotguns in my house yeah 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 mm-hmm. so yeah now, I mean, i'd rather have a 12 gauge in the house but the 410 if that's all you, yeah that's all yeah. you got it wouldn't be a bad choice right and just to annoy uh just to annoy let's go brandon you know <laughs> i don't i mean I, shotguns are good to have in the house you know and i've got shotguns around but just to annoy let's go brandon i've got also like my um my my go-to in the bedroom is a 300 blackout uh, integrally suppressed AR. Wow. That's mine. I don't know if you want to. You're prepared. You know, You're div- prepared for serious trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's got it's got lights and everything I need on it, you know, red dot and all that kind of stuff. But it's the kind of thing like in the middle of the night, something happens, something goes bump in the night. I'm not going to remember to put on Air Pro and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like mine has a sling and everything on it because something could happen and all of a sudden you're outside. You don't know what's happening. So you mm-hmm. want to be able to put that sling on and let young Carl Rittenhouse be a lesson to you <laughs> that that sling helped. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sling helped mm-hmm. big time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, there, someone's going to make a Rittenhouse sling or something like that eventually. But um, yeah, so that's what I do. I don't know what what's uh, what, what do you think you would are you going for a shotgun, you know, going for a handgun? Yep. Both, actually, mm-hmm. by, near my bed. But mm-hmm. the only thing I worry about with a handgun is where the rest of my family is, ricochet, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why, again, a shotgun is a really good choice with mm-hmm. the right ammo in it because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it going through drywall, going into other rooms where your kids mm-hmm. might be or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder how know, tactical. Most, I wonder how tactical. Here, someone says this is uh, Edward Andrews sent me this. This is his. Uh, there you go. That's actually pretty nice. That's a nice little setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the handguard. Yeah. Got everything, everything right there, ready for action, ready for action. Yeah, mm-hmm. as it should be, as it should be. Um, okay, so shotguns are good. We should get a tactical version of this. I need to see shotguns, how tactical. It, in the home, it's hard to beat a shotgun. You got to right. think about close range. Mm-hmm. Hard to beat it. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite shotgun? Since we're on the subject of shotguns, what, what do you? Well, is there a company you know, like I'm a Mossberg 500 type kind of guy? I don't know if that's going to be good or bad, or people you know people will say about me. But well, see, I'm an upland bird hunter, and okay. so I you said you asked me what my favorite shotgun is, and mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. a couple, and they're not fancy, and they're not mm-hmm. expensive, and they're a couple old double barrels my dad gave me. Okay. Um, you know, I got them here. They're like I said, they're not anything. They're they're fairly middle of the road guns, mm-hmm. not real expensive, but they got a lot of sentimental value. You know. Okay, so you're um, not like you don't have you know you're not like a Benelli. What's the expensive? Because uh, well, Benelli's my dad's not... got a Benelli Ethos that was okay. like twenty three hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars or yeah. something. But still, Benellis um, aren't even the top of the line, right? Because I know a shot show. There's another. What is the name of that shotgun company that man you could those shotguns are like you're looking at twenty thirty thousand dollars on those shotguns uh like oh, even the hunting ones um you're talking about like a purdy or something like that made overseas uh, uh there's yeah. there's several foreign made yeah. guns that are three four five six thousand dollars yeah there's a, I think there's another Italian one that at shot show you've been to shot show before right I have not never been oh to you haven't oh okay. All right, you got to get up on the shot show. Um, oh yeah, there's one company. People out there, maybe they will tell me. Um, there's a company that always has like violinists in their booth, man. At shot mm-hmm. show, yeah, they've yeah. got you know, it's the most like the, I've never seen shotguns that are that expensive. Well, I've seen it in one place. Like I know um, Standard Manufacturing or Connecticut Shotguns, they make some expensive. You know, mm-hmm. like you're talking like bespoke shotguns with, you know, very expensive, uh, rare to, you know, difficult to find wood. And then it's got mm-hmm. scroll work on it, you know, heirloom level shotguns. So mm-hmm. you can go, you can get, you can get crazy. My, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff's out of, uh, out of my price range. <laughs> <laughs> I like break opens. Do you have any like of the break open? Yeah, I've got a couple. Have... That's what I hunt with this here. Oh, okay. This is a, da- a gun my dad gave me. Oh, cool. Uh, and what is and, that? Uh, uh, what's that? That is a Lamber, um, Lamber Arms. Okay. Lamber which Arms. Which is something a lot of people probably never heard of. Is that company uh, still in business, or is that one of those companies that 
like went out of business a long time I'm, ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I said Lambert Arms. That's a different gun he gave me. This is a Charles Daly. Oh, um, okay. Okay. I've heard of that. Imported. Charles mm-hmm. Daly imported from Spain. Mm-hmm. But don't let the Spain thing impress you. It's a middle, it's a mid-grade <laughs> gun. It's not, it's not, you know, terribly expensive. But dad gave uh-huh. it to me and mm-hmm. I've killed a lot of upland game with it. It's got a lot of sentimental value. Mm-hmm. I got another one here, Hank. This is uh, Let's see what you got here. That's uh, something Remington imported. Okay. By, by Cal. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. Which I believe is a Russian company, and Remington imports it. Kind of clunky looking, but it's a heck of a gun. And, you know, when you up on bird hunt like I do, you beat your gun around in the briars and the brush. And, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes it doesn't pay to have a real expensive shotgun. Uh, I've taken a lot of up on game birds and with those two guns all over the country and they got, and dad gave them to me. So they have a lot of sentimental value. Absolutely. Yeah. The priceless priceless is yeah, the way to look priceless at that. To me, anyway, I'm trying to find some pictures of when Lola and I were out hunting here. Okay. Here we go. Here's, here's one right here that I could share with you. Check that out. Very nice. Yeah. Iowa pheasants, right? Yes. Yeah. Very nice. These are beautiful birds. Oh um, yeah, you know also like I mean really beautiful. I'm trying to see if we've got like a picture. Um, I think we actually had them all up on the wall. Here we go. So here's all those bad boys lined up on the wall right there. Oh um, yeah. And I very believe, nice. Yeah, I think we had like one female in there, but we can do that because it was a, it was a I forgot it was a preserve, so they can you know. Mm-hmm. I see that. I see the hand. Yeah. You know. What's the rule on that? I think typically you can only shoot at the dudes, right? Most states you can only shoot the males. Uh, right. Here in Wyoming, you can shoot the females, and and in some states you can shoot the females only on preserves. But mm-hmm. I do a lot of pheasant hunting in the Dakotas and Nebraska, Kansas. It's all males there, mm-hmm. um, all male oh. birds. Okay. It depends on where you go. You got to kind of look it up before you go and know what the rules are. Yeah, and the and the the males are usually the good looking ones. <laughs> yeah, with in pheasants, they're the good looking ones. Yeah, so. big part of what I liked about hunting the dogs. There oh, were yeah. some awesome dogs out there, you know. Those hunting dogs, man, um, are tougher than me. Yeah, I'm trying to. See I got if an I old bird dog laying here behind me. Can I show kind, you? Yeah, absolutely. What kind of what kind of uh, what's your? Uh, let's see. Let's if see. Can, can you see her? Where is? Uh, I right, see right. something. Wait a minute. <laughs> I see I'm like a black it. and gray splooch. <laughs> you know, patch. Oh, Can you see her now? Oh, yeah. Say what hi, Faith. Hey. Can you see her? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Can you see her good? Yeah, what kind of That's dog is Faith. that? That's a German wire-haired pointer. Oh, okay. And she is nine years old, and she has probably hunted... That tail is going right now. She knows you're talking about her, too. Yeah, she yeah. knows I'm talking about her. Yeah. Faith has <laughs> um, hunted all over the country with me. Oh, okay. That's kind of my, cool. my passion when I'm not working and mm-hmm. is um, bird hunting. I, I hunt big game, too, but I really mm-hmm. enjoy hunting with a bird dog. And I used to have four of those wire hairs. And Yeah, the bird dogs, I think it was so much fun. Like, here's a better shot. Of one of the dogs that we were hunting with, um, yeah, that's a. I believe that's an English pointer. Good looking dog. Yeah, these were great dogs, man. 
you know, really smart and really hardworking, um, I, you know, definitely tougher than me out there. Uh, I could tell you that. And I'm trying to see, there was something I was doing with, uh, the shotguns. I'm trying to see if there's the video here. Let's see. I like the, there was a, there was a break open and I like how, you know, the, you, you, you crack it open and the shells come flying out. I'm trying to see if I actually caught some, I'm trying to see if I actually caught some video of that, uh, I don't know if I did here, so it's taken, it's taken its time to load up. But it was really, it was really fun doing that. I think it was like a great exercise. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, it, I'll tell you a funny story about a break open shotgun. Um, I've been trying to teach my son how to safely handle his 410, mm -hmm. and he's very stubborn, like his daddy. But, and I, I kept telling him to watch it when he broke the, after he shot the gun, to be careful not when he broke it down to turn it away from his face because the shell pops out really fast. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh daddy, I know what I'm doing. And he takes it, <laughs> and pops it open. And if the empty comes Aww. back and hits him right between the eyes, Aww. I'm like, I tried to tell you, son, you know, so mm -hmm. did he get a cut? Did he get like a nick or something there? Or? No, it didn't oh, okay. hurt him. And, but yeah. I was kind of, you know, you know, this is, it sounds bad, but I'm kind of glad it happened because mm -hmm. it didn't hurt him, but maybe it taught him a lesson that when it comes to mm -hmm. firearms, that maybe you ought to listen to your dad. Yeah. I know a little bit more than you do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Sometimes you have to make those mistakes. Hopefully they're not bad, tragic mistakes. And that's the whole reason exactly. for the training and all the talking right. and stuff like that. But you know, sometimes you have to see a practical application of something to realize like, Oh, wait a second. You know, yeah. This is something I really yeah. need to be uh, careful about. Uh, uh, yeah, so someone is bringing up uh, my dog right now. I see Armament and Axis. So my dog's name was Sailor, and I would have to go way back here to uh, get pictures of him. But he was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, man. That was he was, and oh. I and I I never took him hunting, you know. And oh, that would was, have been a great great yeah. duck dog. Yeah, man. <laughs> if he saw me with a gun, if I took this gun and put it like this. On my shoulder, he's re he's ready for action. Oh yeah, you know this he was... dog here. This dog here can tell when I'm getting ready to go hunting, mm -hmm. just by the. I don't know how she knows really because, I, I mean, she doesn't even have to see a gun. Mm -hmm. I can just be getting a certain kind of clothes together ah. and, and acting in a certain way, and she knows I'm going hunting. It, okay, I, it's hard to explain. It's and instinctive. Wearing, it's instinctive. It is instinctive. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of fun when you have a dog. Yeah, a lot of creatures, but I think dogs communicate with us, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and they do it like so it's almost you know like how people baby talk to their kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't baby talk to my I never baby talk to my dog, I never baby talk to my kids. I think that mm -hmm. um a big part of communication is instinctive and you say what you have to say and then uh, whether it's your children, you know, young children, or even animals, they can under they can kind of, it's almost like telepathy or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, they right. know what you mean just by the way that you're acting or you're saying things or like you said, you know, if you're going about your hunting routine, then it's like, oh, okay, I know, time to go to work yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, she can tell, and I wear the same clothes whether mm -hmm. I'm hunting or working uh, until I get to the field. I might put on an orange vest or jacket but she can still tell mm -hmm. she knows i'm um, what i'm doing it's amazing mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'm trying to see where. Oh, here. So, so Lola just sent me a picture. This is uh, this is one of our kids when he was younger with our dog Sailor. So there you <laughs> go. Yeah, dog. yeah, he was a good dog, man. Um, yeah, I miss you know. I can't. I can't actually get another dog. That whole thing was pretty sad for me. I'll be honest about it, man. <laughs> you I know, don't live long enough. No, um, and then like bigger dogs like that don't last that long. And I think like. Uh, Sailor was what maybe um let me see I think we got him in 2007 so he was he was up there when that happened last year so um mm -hmm. whatever the math is on that someone will tell me um you know so yeah he he was around for a while you know I guess at least like 13 years or something 13 so, years yeah yeah um yeah that was okay. Whoever reminded me of that, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the cure for for a broken heart over a dog is to get a puppy. Yeah, you know, but it's like, like I had my dog from when he was a puppy. Yeah, you know, and you have to get another one. You know, I've had I've had bird dogs since I was a kid, and mm -hmm. it, it breaks your heart when they die. They they're like mm -hmm. part of the family, but the only way to get over it is to get a get another puppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you know about Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, but those are some very super intelligent uh, dogs. Yeah. You are. know, um, like but. he liked to tear stuff up. And I always tell people this story of so we live out here in the country and I like I like cars. And I forgot I had I think I had like a Honda S2000 or something and I had a specific car cover for it. But I went through a bunch of car covers because every time I bought a car cover, he would tear it up. Yeah. Right. He just liked tearing stuff up, even when he was from when he was a puppy all the way up. He liked tearing stuff up. So I bought this particular, like, very expensive, custom-made uh, car cover, and I knew he was going to tear it up. So I put the car right in front of the house, you know, and then I put the I put the cover on there, and it was daytime, and he was just looking at me. He's like, okay, you know. Then I noticed he was like circling my house. You know, he was just slowly going around the house, and he would he would come around and look up and see me. I'm just standing there, like, okay, let me see you go after this car. And he just kept doing that. And then it got dark, and I couldn't see anything outside. You know, I was like, oh, I wonder if he was waiting for it to get dark. And I go outside, and that that car cover is torn to shreds. <laughs> You know, he just kept going like, yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to give up at some point and you're not going to be able to see what's happening. I, that yeah. thing was ripped to shreds, man. You know, yeah. That was a yeah. dog that needed to duck hunt. His natural instincts are to yeah. retrieve ducks. So, yeah, yeah. He, he needed you needed to just take up duck hunting. Yeah. And he, and he was like really good. I think I think they call it like a, so, a soft palate. Is that? So, uh Soft mouth is the way I've heard it, but yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because he could grab you with his mouth and not hurt you. Well, that was his instinct because they're great yeah. retrievers. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And that's nice if you're going to eat the duck that he doesn't tear it up when he's bringing it yeah. to you. But it's so scary, it's you know, like people will get scared. Like, you know, they don't realize like a dog's uh, mouth is also his hands. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he will do that. He will grab someone, but he wouldn't hurt them. But you're like, wait, this massive dog is is grabbing me <laughs> right now. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and if you, obviously, if you're like pulling away and all that, you know, your, your, hand, your hands could get torn up. So, you know, um, 
But yeah, he was a smart dog, man. I miss him. He knew when he did bad stuff. He knew it. One time, the so the UPS guy, when I... <laughs> the UPS people used to come here. So like Lola ordered a book, right? And we went out there and that book was torn into shreds. And we have a specific corral and a special place and we put packages here where he can't get into. But this book was torn to shreds. And I was like, what's happening? Then Lola ordered a pair of shoes and those shoes were torn to shreds when they got here. So she got a replacement for the shoes and I'm looking and I see the UPS guy pull up. He goes to my gate. He sees my dog. He gives the dog the package. <laughs> so I like ran out. I was like, dude, wh what are you doing? Why are you giving my dog this package? He was like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> you know, and I was yeah. like, yeah, he's tear you you're giving it to him. He thinks that belongs to him and he's tearing that to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is funny. You can't hardly blame the dog in that circumstance. No, you can't. No, that's not. His fault, so. him, you know? Yeah. I'm like, how is it? Because, you know, we weren't here and I was like, how is how was he getting this stuff? And then I came to realize the UPS people were just giving it to him. Yeah. I, Maybe they thought he was going to bring it to the house and leave it on the doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, you know, I mean, listen, my UPS guy right now is pretty good, so I'm not trying to knock it. Uh, the FedEx, I got problems with right now. I'll be honest with you, man. FedEx is pretty <laughs> bad. I don't know how it's going for you out there, but FedEx... Uh, I got no good words for FedEx. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Let's, um, yeah, LV Louis Cypher says he thinks the package is a chew toy. I don't know why. Like, you give something to a dog, he's going to tear it up. You know, um, and Lola says the guy thought that he would bring it to the house. Why? There you go. But yeah, it, but why? it didn't work out. Yeah, why would he do that? He thinks you're just giving him something to tear up, so. Um, to, to to FedEx UPS guys out there, do not give packages to dogs. Not a good thing. Um, so let's go on to, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was, and let me see, because the time is going real fast. We're having too much fun, man. Yeah, man. It is, it's going fast. It's yeah, really shame on you for that. I'm blaming you for that. For you know, um, Executive mandates and how they threaten our all our constitutional rights. I know that was something that you wanted to get into. Um have how many executive uh things have we seen so far as guns since this new administration well we've seen quite a few you know we've yeah. seen merrick gar well you you're familiar with goa versus garland uh for, for, case. yes right that's ongoing right that's ongoing that's yeah. that's you know of course the garland is attorney general merrick garland and mm -hmm. Uh, GOA, we gun owners, gun owners of America, we we've sued over the bump stock ban, which Biden tried to do through executive action, you know, through mm -hmm. the ATF, mm -hmm. and uh, we won in federal court, and I guess the Sixth Circuit, if I'm, I think is right, mm -hmm. we won in the first round in federal court. Uh, after we won, you know, uh, some other organizations joined our lawsuit, um, the NRA, and mm -hmm. joined us after we won the first round because the Biden administration is appealing that. And of course, mm -hmm. they have unlimited access to money because they're using taxpayers' money. And, and Weird guess, how that uh, works, yeah. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. A couple exciting things, though, about that are to, so everything's not negative. You know, after we won the first round in federal court, 18 of the nation's attorneys general filed uh, amicus briefs 
to join, uh, support our lawsuit. So that's pretty mm-hmm. powerful when 18 attorneys generals agree about anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so going forward, you know, we, and I, and I guess it's not really about bump stocks, Hank, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cause if the, the ATF and the Biden administration can ban a legal device or through executive action, then where, where does it stop? What's yeah. next? Right. Maybe they don't like your little short uh, 410 Henry you just Oh, trust me, they don't. Um, yeah. So that to me, that's the whole point of the bump yeah. stock case. It's mm-hmm. about stopping federal overreach. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that case will go on, and it may go to the Supreme Court. We shall see. Um, yeah. So should, the, seeing, should the ATF just be able to deem something magically a machine gun, for they example? Not. Or, yeah. No. You know, they so like, I mean, that's what, essentially, that's what they did. They said yeah. they tried to regulate it as a machine gun under the National mm-hmm. Firearms Act, and which it clearly isn't. Nice. Even even from them, you know, it clearly isn't. But the principle right. of it is that it, they can therefore deem anything a machine gun. You that know? is exactly right. That the principle. Yeah. It, where does it stop? That's why you have to fight it. Kind of back to some of our earlier conversations. Whether you, I don't have a bump stock. You mm-hmm. know, most people probably don't, but. They if never, they they never worked. I could never get them to work, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, if you yeah. know what you're doing, you can mm-hmm. use a belt loop or mm-hmm. there's other ways to simulate the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. LV, LV Louis Cypher says, don't even get me started on uh, pistol braces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get down that, run down a rabbit hole too far. Yeah. But, I did but that's another thing, right? Like all of a sudden they're going to, you know, all of a sudden this thing is no good. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think another thing that really is concerning right now is what they're doing to veterans. Um, mm-hmm. And your listeners may know, mm-hmm. and this really started in the Clinton administration. The VA has disarmed 250,000 veterans um, unfairly. Mm-hmm. Are uh, we talking about so red flags? or um... We're talking about mentally adjudicating them as incompetent because they mm-hmm. can't handle their own finances. We're talking about veterans that have to have a fiduciary to handle their financial situation being unconstitutionally and illegally targeted and adjudicated as mentally incompetent. Um, I mean, that has happened to 250,000 veterans since the Clinton administration. Okay. And it's actually illegal. They're, they're, these are not people that have committed crimes or been found to be mentally dangerous. These are people who needed help, mostly older, mm-hmm. who needed help with their finances. Okay. Because they had trouble understanding, you know, as you get older, yeah, things things yeah. happen, and and, and uh, that we should be we should be protecting it. those people somehow, not like well, of course uh, taking their rights away from them. Um, right, they're mm-hmm. not violent. They haven't committed crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I know people. This has happened to directly, and it's well documented. Mm-hmm. GOA put out a on Veterans mm-hmm. Day. We put out a national alert about it and tried to bring it back to the forefront. Because like we said, you know, it's been going on since the Clinton administration, and it, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's accelerating under the Biden administration. Okay. Uh, so there's yeah, a lot terrible. of things going on out there with executive overreach, administrative overreach, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we need to be aware of. And GOA tries to fight these things in the courts and in the administrative processes and in the legislatures, of course, in the Congress when, when possible. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's really 
insidious to me that a lot of the really bad draconian stuff is done. It isn't done through Congress. They don't go pass a law mm-hmm. that says we're taking away your bump stocks. No, then they, they would have to. They would have to take responsibility for that. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point, Hank. That yeah. They would have to. 435 members of the House would have to take a position and 100 mm-hmm. senators would have to take a position that we could hold and them to. It, like you did this. Yeah, right. You voted for so, this. Yeah. So they go and do these things using administrative agencies or executive power or, comp, you know, both, really. Mm-hmm. And and they deprive people of their rights. And I think mm-hmm. that's just an, just given the, the, the name of your your show, who, you know, who moved my freedom. <laughs> It's a good example of freedom being moved, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, using um, things that are out there that were not meant to disarm veterans, they're disarming veterans from, from my through understanding the of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Through the I was VA. contacted by a, a rancher here in Wyoming recently, by his wife, actually. Mm-hmm. He was asked to participate in a gun violence study by the VA. Mm-hmm. And he was a Vietnam vet, uh, never, never been, never had a, Never had a parking ticket. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Never broke a law. Mm-hmm. And but he had gone to seek some treatment for some, you know, issues. I guess he'd probably seen some pretty nasty things in combat, and mm-hmm. he'd never gone for treatment for forty, you know, over yeah. forty years. So but eventually, it catches in, up to you, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he goes in and he, and and asks for to talk to somebody about these issues he's dealing with, the next thing you know, he's being asked to participate in a gun violence study. There. That that's nothing more than them trying to collect data mm-hmm. to continue to find ways to disarm law-abiding people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just wanted to make your, your your listeners aware of some of this stuff. M- many of them probably know. Yeah, I think we need to. You know what? I haven't heard a lot about it. Uh, I have to confess to that. I think we need to probably figure out a way to dig deeper into that and see what's going on with that. And if there's people out there that have been affected uh, by that, maybe you know, talk to some folks, man, and figure out what yeah. the hell's going on there. You know, and if you would like to follow up on that subject, mm-hmm. we have people on staff that are much more knowledgeable about that than me. Mm-hmm. That could probably do a two-hour show on mm-hmm. what the VA's done and mm-hmm. and what the what what executive actions and, and administrative actions have been used to deprive people of their rights. There's probably mm-hmm. people better qualified than I am to talk about that, but uh, it's definitely a problem that needs to be talked about. Yeah, uh, make the VA work better is what I would want to see. You know, there's there's so many guys out there. Uh, you know, there's lots of veterans that that support me in particular, right? And, and and a lot of us, what we're doing there. And I do hear some horrible stories from those guys, man, that, you know, they mm-hmm. have a tough time, um, you know, getting the help that they need. And instead of helping them, these guys are taking things away from them. And why did these guys serve their country? You know, why did they go mm-hmm. out there and live through these nightmares um, that they have to deal with for the rest of their lives, just, you know, just for their country to turn around mm-hmm. and, and take stuff away from them? Well, I know of one one veteran here in Wyoming that was targeted for this thing that I described, you know, because of his financial situation. And he had the resources to fight it, hire a lawyer and fight it. And he, he kept his firearms. Mm-hmm. But a lot of veterans don't have those resources. You mm-hmm. know, they can't afford a, a high dollar attorney. Mm-hmm. They can't fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've served their country. They they. They may or may not have the financial resources needed, and they lose their their rights. 
because mm-hmm. of some of these actions. And it, it's, it's really sad. It's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely is. Um, okay, let me see. Someone, uh, Armin, who is this? Armin and Axis is calling for... No, actually, uh, Gen Champ Jr. says, uh, yes, we need Gorn. <laughs> he says, let's go brand Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was Armin and Axis. Someone's calling for going. So I let me see. I do have some things I could show you guys. So I was thinking about this. You know, we haven't been able to show guns like we. YouTube came up with this crazy policy over a year ago, more than a year, might be two years at this point, that we can't handle guns while we're live. And it's you know, it's unusual for me to think now, as weird as that sounds, that I could show stuff. And I was thinking, you know what? I want to show some things. I want to see if I can get some folks triggered out there, so to speak, by stuff that I sh- that I that I can show since I haven't been able to show it for a while. So here, check it out. I'm going to show you guys something that's inside of this Zelda case. Now, I don't know, Mark. What do you think would be inside of this Zelda case right here? You know, do you have some a guesses? Sm- a small handgun. A small handgun. That's what you're saying. Small handgun. Okay. All right, cool. Let me open this case and show you something that's in here. So here we go. I'm going to open this up. Right? In here. That's what we have in here. Right there. If you don't know what that is, I'm going to remove the magazine. So this is how I usually carry it, but I'm actually just going to remove this magazine. So there we go. That is a 30 round, and it's loaded, by the way. (laughs) And it has my, uh, I don't know if anyone can see that, but I've got my Hank Strange uh kind of uh, etched on there because that's what i do with my magazines <laughs> good or bad but basically what this is this is the folding glock oh cool just so check that out i don't know if you've ever heard of the folding glock but yes i have one and i actually carry this you know and uh i carry it with a 30 round magazine inside of that bag so there you go folding glock wow. able to show that off for the people this company doesn't even exist anymore um these guys aren't out there anymore, believe it or not. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But, yep, Folding Glock. You might have only heard about it in your favorite rap songs. There, I, I've only heard about it. I've never seen one, right? Yeah, Is, there you I'm go. I'm assuming that's a 9mm? Yep, 9mm. That's what we got here. 33-round 9mm magazine from Glock. So there you wow. go. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I like cool stuff like that. And, um, you know. Hey, I got another I, Glock I can I show you. It's that. not oh. as cool as that one, but mm-hmm. this is. What? Let's see. What Glock do you? Uh, what is that? What is that? A Glock? Is that a? I can't figure out where my camera yeah, is. <laughs> go the opposite way. There you go. Opposite. Go. No. Go <laughs> the other way. There you go. Boom. There is that a Glock forty? Is that a? Is that a? What caliber is that? That's a ten millimeter. Oh, look at you. There's going to be so many people that love you right now in the chat. So, if, if nines are good, tens are better. That's my philosophy. I'm not even going to, let me tell you, Mark, I'm not even going to say anything because uh, I'm a little bit like when whenever the 10 millimeter situation comes up, I always say why and people are like, what's wrong with this guy? Why not? So, it's yeah, like, exactly. There you, go. you need to yeah. try one. They, they're, yeah. they're just so sweet to shoot. Yeah. And one of the reasons I have that is, if mm-hmm. I go into grizzly country, I can with the oh, right ammo. True. The right ammo now. You got to have the mm-hmm. right ammo. You can mm-hmm. you can stop a grizz. Um, yeah. It's there's probably better guns for that, but mm-hmm. you can carry this every day and then switch out the ammo if you're in grizzly country. 
So you are a Glock guy. You are a Glock guy. Or do you have different? I have SIGs, Glocks. Uh, well, depending on who's asking. I sold all my guns, Hank. What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> you lost them in a boating accident. <laughs> no, man. No. Uh, back when I had firearms, I like SIGs and Glocks. Okay. And oh, right. <laughs> in the olden <laughs> days. In the olden days. Uh, yeah. um, Gen Chap says Black Hills has good 10 millimeter. What's So what's a good uh like 10 millimeter to you, like a good round or whatever, if you could think of it, that would take down a beer? Uh, Montana, there's a company called 406 Ammo. I think mm-hmm. that's the area code for Montana. Okay. And they're out of Montana. And they make a bullet specifically for grizzly bears. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. I, that's what I would recommend if you're going to be in bear country. And if you're in black bear country, it would be a good mm-hmm. round to carry. Uh, you know, if you're around mountain lions, it'd be a good round to carry. So, okay. So what do you want your what do you want that round to do with a grizzly bear versus like a you know black bear is a little bit less mass and all that right? Um, yeah. You want it to penetrate the skull. Okay. You want it to penetrate the skull and get to the brain. Mm-hmm. And if you do research on grizzly attacks, it's remarkable how many have been stopped with ten millimeters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Alaskans started carrying tens, Glock twenties, mm-hmm. ten millimeters. Mm-hmm. Probably because the great big revolvers, like the 454s and whatever, they, they kick so hard and you make yeah. it off one or two shots. Yeah, your consoles, those guns look good, though. I mean, they kick like beautiful. a Missouri mule, though. You know? <laughs> those are some beautiful revolvers right there. <laughs> you get off one shot with them with these blocks, you might get off six or seven on a charge. So, okay. I'm not saying it's perfect, but a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of Alaskans have gone to them and they've killed a lot of grizzlies with them. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, M. Avon says four five uh, four five four Casul. So there you go. Um, and someone asked me how the folding Glock shoots. It shoots great. I haven't done a video of shooting this in a while, but they, it shoots great. I've had zero problems. I've been folding and unfolding this thing like crazy. The mechanism. I haven't. I've never had any problems with this. So I know people always go, oh, but that's just one more thing to go wrong because it folds, but it's worked fine. So you what know? is the number on that? Does it have a number like other Glocks? Like yeah, a this, is a Glock, this is a Glock 19. That's a Glock 19? Yeah. Okay. This is the Glock 19, oh. uh, Gen 4, Glock 19. And then, so what, uh, and I'm trying to remember, you know what? The name of this company went right out of my brain. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the, what's the name of the company. Someone will tell us out there that did these folding that did these folding Glocks. So at first, what they were doing were buying the Glocks from Glock and then cutting it and doing all this stuff. And I think right around the time they went out of business, they were starting to make their own Glocks. And I think they were going to do the Sig version. I saw someone talking about that. Um, at a shot show, they were talking about it, but then things kind of went side. Some weird stuff happened business-wise with the company, so mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's where that got left. I would have liked to have seen them continue this and do a bunch of other things, you know, um, do SIGs and all that kind of stuff. I think it would have been cool. I think there is a market for folks out there that don't like a holster and prefer to fold that gun and put it in their pocket or, you know, a Glock 19 is not some, you, if you, if you got big pockets, you could put it in there. Um, mm-hmm. I like it in a bag, something like that. And I keep it as a backup, um, you know, typically around, but I always have something on me. So, uh, what is it? Uh, full, full, con- is it full conceal? Yeah. 
Full Conceal, I think is the name of the company. That sounds about right. Okay, I got one more thing I'm gonna show here. I know we're running a little bit late. This is for the bullpup lover in me. This is why I have this. Um, and you probably don't see this very often. It's from Bond Arms. It's the Bond Arms Bullpup 9. Look at that. That is a bullpup handgun right there, sir, that you're looking at. from Bond Arms makes great stuff, right? They make pretty tough stuff, and I appreciate Bond Arms. So this came out of the Bobert, I think. The original one was called the Bobert. It didn't work so great. But this is the Bond Arms Bullpup 9. Yes, it's a bullpup. Um, and let's see if we can... I don't want to... Let's see if I could show the back of it there. Um, yeah, this is a really, really nice gun right there. Bond Arms Bullpup Knight. I don't know if that came in uh, focus most of the time, but what do you think about that? Are you into bullpups? Yes or no? I like it. I don't have one of those, but I really like it. Yeah. You don't You don't have any kind of bullpups at all, right? I do not have a bullpup like that, no. Oh, okay. No, I do not. Yeah. Yeah. But I really um, like that. Bullpups, I think, would be great to go hunting in. Just bullpup shotguns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm used to more traditional stuff. I'll show you one more real quick. This is... It'll be, listen, let's, let me just show you something real quick. Here's the funny thing okay. about this. I just want to show this. All right. So here's the magazine, and it goes in almost backwards. Let me see if I can get the magazine to... Let's see right there. See, it looks like this is going in backwards into the gun. See that? Mm-hmm. That's how the magazine goes in. Oh, that yeah. would be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Okay, what are you going to show us here? Let's see. Oh, this is... Oh, this look is, at this. Uh, since we started out talking about hunting, mm -hmm. you see the not the uh, laminated stock. It's a Remington mm -hmm. 700. It's about 30-some yeah. years old, probably. My dad gave wow. it to me. Yeah, when's uh, the last time... Do, do they still make Remington 700s like that in that kind of wood? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. This was a gun my dad gave me. It's a 30 out 6. I've killed oh. whitetails, mule deer, cool. pronghorn. Yeah. Uh, is that modified in any way, or is that how it came? Is that still how it came, or you guys have changed stuff to that? The only thing is I've really changed about it. I put some bipods on put it. Put the bipod on there. And, and, you know, but no, it's yeah. pretty much like it came, and... Mm -hmm. uh, it's That's a, nice. It's, a, it's yeah. a meat gun. I've killed a lot of big game with that gun. Yeah, those. I mean, listen, those have been used in combat. <laughs> what? 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 World War One, right? Thirty out six, not, not seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, not seven hundred. Going back to World War One, but, but, but uh, the caliber thirty out six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very cool. That was very cool. Um, uh, LV Louis Cipher says nice seven hundred. This was back when Remington made good stuff. <laughs> That, that's true. That is an excellent <laughs> firearm right there. Uh, yeah. I know that people say that there have been problems with some of the more recent ones, but I'm glad to have yeah. this one. Yeah, Jen Champ says, ooh, clean. Uh, Lola says the stock is in excellent shape. Um, Armin and Axis says wood stocks are not normal anymore, uh, which is sad. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that looks great. I thought that looks pretty yeah. good, man. That's a that's. And believe it or not, I mean, I've hunted with it every year since mm -hmm. I was given that gun for over thirty years. I've just I'm just really careful with it. I mean, okay. It's got some dings and scratches. You just can't see it on camera, probably. It's it, wood. It's not, it's, yeah, yeah, it's wood. It's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it, like my other, a lot of my other guns got a lot of sentimental value. 
Absolutely. That's great. Listen, we, we went over we went over two hours, so we do have to wrap it up here. But actually, it's been fun. We, we need to get you to come on more. I would love to. I would yes. love to, Hank. I've enjoyed it. It's gone by fast. I've, I've never yeah. talked to on a podcast for more than about 20 minutes. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you, you've been great to talk to. I know yeah, you have your own fun. style, and you can talk for two hours, and it, it just went by like that, you know. Yeah, it's been fun, man. If there's something going on that you definitely uh, need our platform to come on and talk about, please let us know. We'll be happy to make uh, space for that, and we'll also love to get you on here. Um, as well in the future, maybe with some other people, mix it up, you know, because, sure. um, yeah, you seem like a fun person um, and hopefully we'll meet each other soon sometime out there in the real world. So um, oh, I'd love to. I'm going to wrap everything up right now. I want to thank all the folks for hanging out with us over here on Utreon. Um, I, I see from the chat was very active and all that kind of stuff. So I, uh, I really enjoyed that. Also enjoyed, you know, you coming in here, Mark Jones. Uh, what was, what was your title of GOA again? You're the national hunter outreach director. And then I'm over legis uh, regional legislative director for the Rocky mountains and great plains. So I've got okay. the longest title in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and listen, if folks out there are listening to this and they want to communicate with you, um, how what's the best ways for them to do that? Where can they go? Uh, they can mark mark.jones at gunhunters.org. Mm -hmm. Mark.jones at gunhunters.org. They can email me. And they can also go on our website, gunhunters.org, to learn about GOA, Gun Hunters of America. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a hunting uh, section on that website brand new give us give us another week or two to get it going but there'll be stuff up there but check out goa now we're you know we're fighting for your second amendment rights every day and mm -hmm. um you know glad to answer any questions if anybody has them they can email me and uh we'll go from you know be happy to respond and do my best absolutely and remember you can find uh it's mark jones goa right on Twitter. On Twitter and Instagram, Mark Jones GOA. And awesome. We, we did, GOA does have a Facebook page where sometimes mm -hmm. I'm on there, have content goes out there. Mm -hmm. We will eventually have our own hunting Facebook page for GOA. So keep Very eyes cool. and ears for that. Maybe when, maybe next year in February when we get into the legislative cycles, we could talk about some laws and and other things, Hank, or sometime next year. Yeah, and absolutely. Then we'll have platforms up running better. Yeah. Yeah, anytime, man. Hit us up. It's it's really uh, it's really been enjoyable. <laughs> I've yeah, had a lot. I've had a good time here doing this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in the end, and I'm going to come back and let you hit the folks with some words of wisdom. That's traditionally what we do here before we get out. So I'm going to remind everyone to check out HankStrange.com. Big thanks to Franklin Armory for supporting us. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, I'm going to run in the end now. Stay right there, Mark. We'll be back here in a second. Here goes the end. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's actually, I think today was better than yesterday. So I got something going right over here. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your other favorite places to listen to audio podcasts. We are part of the Firearms Radio Network. So shout out to all those folks who are downloading and listening to this from the Firearms Radio Network. Really appreciate you guys. Um, as well as everyone who joined us here live on Utreon, that's the place to go. Big thanks to Mark Jones of GOA for coming in here tonight and hanging out with us. It was a great conversation. Mark, uh, words of wisdom for the folks out there, sir. Well, remember that your rights uh, come from God 
and are enshrined in the Constitution. They don't come from government. And get get involved at the local, state, and national level because we're in the fight for our lives. If, if we care about freedoms and rights, everybody needs to get involved. Amen. Thank you very much. All right, guys, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Mark, stay right there. We're out, guys. Peace. See you tomorrow. We're out.